Hello and welcome to and let's be heard for Wednesday, March 8th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachapoli. All right, here we are, midweek, hump day, Wednesday. Um, uh, I want everyone to be part of this. Gator, you're in the room. Gator is actually Thursday. So actually, if you're in London, it's Thursday. It's Thursday morning, but here it's Wednesday night. We are live Wednesday night, 11 p.m. on the West Coast. If you're in New York right now, it's about two in the morning. And uh, why you're up, I don't know, but I'm glad you are. If you're up and you're with us, I'm glad you are. There's a lot to talk about. I mean, I've just pulled up one, two, like six, seven different stories I want to talk about. There's so much going on, I think more than ever before. Um, but, you know, I just, I very rarely anymore go out to eat because it's so expensive here in San Francisco. I mean, it's incredibly expensive. It's almost like uh, shameful to go out to eat. You actually feel shame for spending the amount of money to eat one dinner here. It probably feeds families for like a month in many, in many towns in, in this country and around the world. Um, but I did go out to eat. I used to go out to eat like three times a week. <clears throat> the money was just, it was just ridiculous amount of money. I go every once in a while now. I just went out to eat. To a middle, a mid-range restaurant, a very nice restaurant in the Castro District, very nice, but not upscale. I went in a t-shirt and jeans, not upscale, but nice. And I, I dropped a hundred bucks. I dropped a hundred, a hundred-dollar bill, hundred-dollar bill, and I had one drink, an appetizer, an entree, and a drink and a dessert, and it was a hundred dollars. Actually, a little bit more than that. It, it's just, it's absolutely insane here. Is that well, G- 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 Gator? I know you're not in L- London. Is come on, London? What did I eat? Okay, I'll give you my menu, Gator. You want my menu for hundred bucks? And let me tell you, the bill was actually one seventy-seven. With tip, it was like thirty-five more, so two ten, two fifteen. And I threw a hundred in. Luckily, my friend's a doctor. He threw in a little bit more than I did. Um, I had a, a soup, a soup, which was by the way, the soup was delicious, delicious soup. But it was basically a third of the can of like a Progresso. You know, when you go to a restaurant, they don't give you like a full, like a Progresso can of soup. You know, a Progresso can, you can fill a huge bowl. This was like a little, like a third of a Progresso can of soup. Okay, so I had that. I think that was $13. And then I had some fish. I had a um, sea bass. I think it was sea bass. Two nice little pieces of sea bass. I think that was 35 to 35 $35. Um, And I had a drink, one little mojito. I think that was $15 to $17. And what else did I have? Let's see. And then I had, okay, so I had, uh, oh, we shared a cheese and uh, one of those charcuterie plates. God knows how much that was. That was probably $25, $30. And then I had the dessert, which was probably $10, $12, $14. So that's, that's what I ate. Yes, I know it sounds like I'm a pig, but we actually shared the charcuterie plate. So I had basically on my own, I had a soup. And uh, entree and a and a dessert, a small dessert, a dessert called. You ever hear of affogato? No, I didn't curse at you. No, I'm not cursing at you, folks. Affogato, affogato, affogato about it. It's a vanilla ice cream with espresso, so it's sugar and espresso, so you get a good jolt. That's what I had. That's what I ate, and I threw in a hundred dollar bill. It's great. Well, that 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 same meal would have been probably uh, maybe. 60 bucks and maybe 60 bucks in an upscale restaurant in many cities in this country. But here in San Francisco, it's, it's a hundred dollar bill. It's a hundred dollar bill, you know, and London too. Come on, Gator in London. How much is it for fucking for food in London? I, I was in London. I was in London 
a long time ago, like over a decade or maybe 10, 12 years ago, I was in London. And uh, first of all, back then, it was really horrible for Americans. We lost half our money. A hundred bucks was 50 pounds. So you go to London with a grand and you get 500, 500 pounds. And uh, I remember I go to a, a, one of those cafes on the street and just have a baguette. And it was like $10 for a baguette. So 10 pounds for a baguette in London back then when it was a two to one uh, uh, trade off, when 50%, it was $20 US. It's crazy. So it was 20 US in London for a, for a baguette, you know? So uh, it's crazy. Absolutely insane. And uh, as everyone knows, London it, it, in Great Britain, it used to be considered like shit food, right? It was horrible food. It was always known like as terrible food for tourists, but they've changed. But the problem is if you want really good food, I found in London, you have to go to upscale restaurants. And those were really expensive at the exchange rate, which is slightly better now, but still, you know what? Well, London, New York, and San Francisco are three of the most expensive cities in the world. It's three of the most expensive cities in the world. So I, I'm not doing this very often. I did it tonight, went out, had a nice little meal, got back about an hour ago, and now I feel like I'm bloated. I'm going to do the show bloated sitting here for two hours. But anyway, there's a, there's a lot. To t- I'd love to talk about my menu every day, all day. It'd be fun to talk about menus. Talk about food. I can, maybe I can be a food critic too, not just a film critic. I'll be a food critic. I'm not too good because I, I like everything. When it comes to food, I, I very rarely go to a restaurant and say, this is crap. And I'll give San Francisco credit for that. Most of the restaurants here are good. The food is high quality. The service is top notch, but it's very expensive. Very expensive. Because the, the rents are expensive. Chew slower in the future? Is that what you said? <laughs> chew slower? Do I, I do chew fast, Gator. I'm very fast. I eat like a like a pig. I so I just shovel it in. If I if I took a video of myself eating and put it online, you wouldn't believe it. You would think it was like a, a boar, not another person. That's the way I eat. And chewing slower is supposed to be healthier for you. It's supposed to uh, digest your food better. But I, I chew like a like a dog. You know, even if you give a dog food, they give a dog a hamburger and they and they down it in like ten seconds in one bite. That's me. That's basically me. You know. But in the future, I will choose slower. In the future, I'm going to eat cheaper because I can't do 100 bucks a meal. That's for sure. Um, not until I get to the, the not until I get to like the level of Tucker Carlson. Then when I get to the level of Tucker Carlson, I can throw 100 dollars at a meal and it's no big deal. Um, we'll talk about Tucker again, but I wanted to start the show so I don't bury the lead. What is the lead? I have everything to talk about. I have so much to talk about. Lance, I'll take your calls. I just want to get into the show. But believe me, I'll take your call because you know I love you. Um, this, this, we're going to do a Shaft update, a Mayor Eric Adams update. Uh, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the D.C., the D.C. crime bill where they wanted to actually in, in the year 2023, where crime is in the roof. The city council in D.C. wanted basically to make everything legal. No, no, no sentences for anything. And the president, the Congress had to step in. Thankfully, they can because it's D.C. and it's not a state. And Biden's actually doing the right thing for once because he knows his ass is on the line next year when it comes to crime. So the Senate vote is, is going to block that bill. So the House Dems voting again on, uh, uh, oh, controlled substances, fentanyl. The, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors saying, no, we can't make fentanyl a real we – can't, we can't classify it as a real felony because of the immigrants. We'll talk about that one too. Uh, a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh, California canceling Walgreens. Newsom wants to cancel Walgreens because they're not allowing, they're not uh, serving women abortion pills. Uh, and then Walgreens, uh, I think Walgreens responded. Do I have the response to that? 
Oh, I have the, I have the Walgreens response somewhere. Um, yeah, the cat. What happened is he canceled. We'll get into it. He canceled the contract, some contract, to provide medication to incarcerated people in the state. That Walgreens had the contract. They're going to give the contract to someone else. So that's something. Uh, see, he's doing whatever. The slime ball, little spiteful little bitch, is doing everything he can to try to hurt Walgreens, try to hurt businesses. He wants to hurt, bi- he can afford to hurt businesses in California because it doesn't affect him. It only affects me. It affects us. It affects the people. It doesn't affect him. It doesn't affect his, his Pelosi stuff, Pelosi sugar mama stuff, pocketbooks. So we'll talk about that too. But I think I'm going to start with, let's roll the dice. I'm going to start with Redfield. So, you know, Robert Redfield is the former CDC director. Um, he's the former CDC director. And uh, before Walensky, he was a CDC director under Trump. And I had my issues with Redfield. One of my issues with Redfield um, was that he was too wishy-washy on the whole situation. Well, just like Trump was, they weren't strong enough on, on coming out against mandates and such. In fact, if you, if you read Scott Atlas's book and you listen to Scott Atlas, he calls – basically, he doesn't use the word three musketeers, the term I am, Fauci uh, – uh, Burks and Redfield. Basically, he would go into a room with them once Trump called him in, in August when it was too late. Um, and he would go in with facts about COVID, about lockdowns, about all these things. And Redfield, along with Fauci and Burks, would, would just not pay him any mind. And they would just say, no, this is the narrative we're pushing no matter what. So I think Redfield, in a way, is also full of shit. But now, at least, he's coming out against the gain-of-function research, and he's actually outing Fauci and saying Fauci knew about this all along and was a big part of this gain-of-function research in Wuhan, which created the virus, which killed all these people, and it's Fauci's fault, and he's lied about it. Now, a big problem, though, I have, and if everyone's watching the news, even watching Fox, and this is, this is making me insane, okay, this is making me insane. I'm watching Fox News, and they're talking about the gain-of-function in Fauci. And I know they want to hammer their point that Fauci lying about this and Fauci being part of this virus escaping and killing people means Fauci is responsible and Fauci should have to take responsibility. They don't use the word jail, but I will. But in order to make that point, they keep pushing the lie. Even Fox News keeps pushing the lie that a million people died. And they keep saying that. They keep saying, and he's responsible for a million deaths. He's responsible for a million deaths. Well, look, I don't want to lessen Fauci's responsibility, but we know it wasn't a million deaths. They need to stop the lie being propagated by the left and by the Democrats and by the establishment that there were a, mil- a million a million deaths from COVID. There weren't. We know that. It was much less. That whole like, – where, where most cities and states were lowering the number from 25 to 50 percent, that went away all of a sudden. You notice that? It was big for about a week. They were talking about how all these, all these, all these municipalities were lowering their COVID deaths by a quarter to half. Because they then realized, as we knew all along, these weren't deaths from COVID. They were deaths with COVID. Someone got hit by a car and they put a thing up their nose and they were COVID positive, but they died of a brain injury. Someone came in with cancer and diabetes and died of all that. Stick a thing up their nose as positive, whether it's a real positive or not, they can't. They considered a COVID death. So all those deaths account for part of the million. Plus, we know a lot of these COVID deaths were flu. Because unless they think we're fucking morons, Aaron Curiarty just put up a chart a couple of days ago which showed that the flu cases went from like, it was a number like 8 million a year, this year, 10 million, 10 million, 1,000. Like they want us to believe that basically flu cases went from 8 million for 20 straight years to 1,000 in the last year and a half. No, what happened was they were counting flu deaths and flu cases as COVID. So that million number is total bullshit. 
I'm not saying nobody died from COVID. I'm not saying it's not a significant number. I'm not saying I don't care if your family member did. I'm saying it's not a million. And they have to stop propagating this lie that it was a million deaths from COVID in this country. It wasn't anywhere near a million deaths from COVID. But they keep pushing that because they want Fauci to look really bad. Well, even if 10,000 people died or 100,000 people and Fauci's responsible, that's enough. It's an, if you're responsible for the death of one person, you go to jail for murder or manslaughter. So who cares what the number is? Yes, of course, Fauci's responsible. I don't want these. We have enough lies coming from CNN and MSNBC. I don't need to hear this lie of a million deaths on Fox News every fucking day when they know that's not the number, when they've reported in the past that, that number is bloated. But they keep on using that old number. They're using the death ticker from CNN and MSNBC, which they've criticized a million times. Stop it. If you're if you listen, if you're if you're I know people on Fox listen to the show because you repeat things. You don't give me credit. It's OK. I'm a nobody right now. It's OK. I get it. But if you're listening to me and you work for Fox or your producer, stop with the million number. It's not a million. Just say a lot of people died. Well, you, you know, why give a number? We all know a lot of people died. People died of covid and it was Fauci's fault and he's lied about it. That's enough. Enough. OK, I got that out of the way. I'm going to read this article, then I'm going to take calls uh, before we go into the other stuff. So former CDC, this is from Fox, former CDC director slams gain-of-function research probably caused the greatest pandemic in history, he said. Okay. Former CDC director Robert Redfield, the virologist, slammed gain-of-function research is not worth the risk during the House's hearing on the origins of COVID-19. Redfield appeared in a Wednesday panel in front of the House COVID Origins Select Committee, where he blasted the controversial research message saying he is not aware it has ever created a treatment or life-saving vaccine. No, on the contrary, I think it probably caused the greatest pandemic our world has seen, Redfield told committee chairman Brad Wenstrup, who asked if gain-of-function research ever started a pandemic. Redfield also answered the negative when Wenstrup asked if he believed there were any tangible benefits to gain-of-function research. The former CDC director also stressed that his scientist colleagues who engage in the research are people of good faith who truly believe the research will yield benefits. I personally don't, but I do want to stress, I think the men and women that support it are people of good faith because they truly believe it's going to lead to a potential benefit, Redfield said. I disagree with that assessment, he said. Redfield also said he does not view gain-of-function research as being worth the risk, but the decision to engage in the research should not be left to scientists alone calling for a broader societal debate on the matter. The former CDC director also said he absolutely believed the Wuhan Institute of Virology was engaging in gain-of-function research. Redfield also said during the hearing that he told former NIA, former National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease Director Fauci in 2020, they did not believe natural spillover. The virus traveling from animals or plants, a fucking plant to a human, was scientifically plausible. Now, only in Fauci's fucked-up mind, well, we know he lied. He didn't even believe it himself. With the origins of COVID-19, and it was excommunicated from talks on the virus. So now he knows how uh, Atlas felt. It was told me they wanted a single narrative, and I had a different point of view, Redfield said. Well, he's being a hypocrite now. So if he was part of that, right, if he was kicked out because of that, why did he? Why was he part of kicking out Atlas? It doesn't make any sense. I think there's more to this story. Redfield also noted the evidence disputing the wet market origin theory of COVID-19 in China, saying we know there were infections as far back as September of 2019. So Fauci lied. You know, there's a hashtag on Twitter. 
And social media, Fauci lied, millions died, Fauci lied, people died. It's true. It's true. It's true. He lied, and he has to go to jail. The man should go to jail. I don't care if, if, if he's 90 years old by the time they get to him. Just like they didn't get to a lot of these Nazi prison guards until they were elderly, and they spent their last five or six years in jail. Fauci needs to spend the last days of his life in a fucking prison cell. In a prison cell, in stripes, eating mush every day. Instead of his, his highfalutin Italian fare. Hey, I mentioned I spent $100 on dinner tonight. That's nothing to Fauci. He makes a quarter. He makes, what does he make, a half million just from his salary, let alone all the, all the corrupt money he takes in? He needs to go to jail. He needs to go to the slammer. We know he has lied. He's lied from day one, and he continues to lie. He continues to lie, even when he starts hedging his bet now by saying, well, you know, we need to be open-minded. We need to be open-minded, even though he's never open-minded about jack shit for the last three years. He's protecting his own ass. That's why we have emails, as Rand Paul said. We have emails that show him before March of 2020, February 2020, saying we must slam that we must stop this. This is not good for us. This is not good for China. This is not good for science. And we know, as Fauci said, he is science. No, it wasn't good for science because it wasn't good for him, because it all traced back to him. So he had to cover his tracks by lying and by censoring and by threatening people to take their grants away from them, which the NIH controlled if they didn't play ball with him. The man is a crook. He's a criminal. He's a lowlife. And he needs to go away. Yet these scumbags journalists, these fake, phony, fraudulent journalists, these lazy ass scumbag DNC connected journalists continue to put him on every fucking Sunday. Well, are, they, are they putting on the guy that killed the, the four kids in Idaho? Are they putting on that scumbag murder in South Carolina every Sunday? No, and they shouldn't put him on because he's killed hundreds of times more than they have. The guy's a mass murderer. He's a serial killer. He was a serial killer in the 80s. They let him out again, and he's serial killed over the last three years. That's what Fauci is. He's a serial killer. Sue me, you old fuckface. All right. All right. See, that's something that Tucker Carlson can't say because he's on Fox News. He can't say, sue me, your old fuckface. He'd say it. He'd say it to Schumer. You know that. You know. But um, that's the situation with uh, the Wuhan, and and these hearings are going to continue. Thank God. Once again, the difference, Gator. Gator, I don't mean to pick on you, but I will. Um, because you're far away. You can't hurt me. <laughs> um, this is the difference. If, if Democrats had won, if Democrats had won the House, this would not be happening. We'd know none of this. None of this would be in front of us. None of this would be on TV. There'd be no hearings. There'd be no subpoenas if the Democrats had won. So, yes, Yes, we can talk about war and the big machine and big establishment and big government and, and the war machine and neocons on both sides. But this is a difference. This would not be happening if, if Democrats had won the House. So there, is, there are differences and there are major differences. And it's because of COVID that these differences exist more than in the past. Okay, it's because of the lines. It's because of Trump. You know what? It's actually because of Trump derangement syndrome that things are different now, that there are actually lines drawn. That's why Trump derangement syndrome really drew these lines that we didn't see these stark lines that we maybe never saw before where people said both parties were the same. And I, I had said that I was saying that 10, 15 years ago, I was saying it 10 years, I was saying it eight years ago, I was saying it six years ago. But this 
Things happen. Shit, cha- things change. That was a good movie. Things change. Things change. And things change. And they'll probably go back again. But right now, this is the way the situation is. This is this is the reality of the situation. And thank goodness the Republicans won that House. Even narrowly. Even narrowly. Um, speaking of the House, here's a good thing. Here, look. Here's a good thing I'm about to say about the House Democrats. Believe it or not, you know, go grab your, what was that heart medication? Digitalis. Go grab your digitalis, Maud. Go grab it because I'm going to give the Democrats, I'm going to give the Democrats some, if I can pull the story up, something's wrong with my laptop. Since something's wrong with my laptop, why don't we go to Lance before I go? Lance, how are you? Finally. You know, Mike, it's frustrating because you're a very interesting person and you throw so much out there and, you know, you always have the mute button. It'd be nice to chime in, you know, a little bit here and there. You went back Lance, to food. I let you right? on all the time. Stop with your bullshit. Come Wait, on. what? I let you on all the time. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. But anyway, you were talking about food before the uh... – so now when you said something about Fugati, whatever it was, you're Afugado, right. Afugado, Afugado. No, no, no. Yeah, but all I could think of was Afugula, you know, Moulinia. Well, have you ever had an Afugato? No, but I'm Italian, so it did sound like a swear word. Are you Italian? I'm a paisan. You kidding me? Calabrese, man. Wow! Holy shit! No wonder we no wonder we get along, but don't. <laughs> exactly. Why? Are you Sicilian? I'm not Napolitan, baby. Napolitan. My grandmother's from Napoli. You kidding me? My my, my grandmother's Napolitan. My grand yeah. my grandmother Napolitan. My grandfather's Calabrese. So. But you can make your own affogato lunch. All you need is vanilla ice cream, and you put a little bit of espresso on top of it. It's great. All it's right. Great. Yo, but you were talking about food and about San Francisco. I got to go back to that because what are you going to talk about? Whatever, I don't care. Well, when I lived in New York City, I lived literally in the center of the food universe of the planet. Wow, come on! I'm sure there were some great places in China or you know, freaking uh, you know, India or somewhere. But I'm talking about in the United States. I lived in the center of the food universe in the East Village. Did you really? You live in the East Village? Wow, the East Village is, let me tell you, the East Village is probably one of the nicer places to live in. Oh, come on. It's the center of New York City's energy, especially when I was there in the late 80s, early not. But I, I hung out there from like the mid 70s till 2000. Well, you know, it's not really the same anymore, but nothing's no, the same anymore. They ruined it, but I was there when they ruined it. When, when they, when, uh, you know, started with Rudy Giuliani and even Dinkin, but when they turned, uh, when they turned Times Square from a scumbag rat hole into Disneyland, they ruined it. Mm. Well, but also, we don't got to argue about this, but Giuliani's time was problematic in many ways, but it was also when New York was the cleanest and safest. Yeah, that's what ruined it. Well, no, because look at it now. So you'd rather have it. You, wait a minute. You like it with people being pushed onto tracks? That's exciting. People be no, wait, what I'm so saying is, Lance. I mean, I take the subway, I might get killed. I might get pushed from a train. How exciting New York! No, let on. me explain what I you, mean, Mike. Lance, you can have a city that's clean, safe, and fun, can't you? No, 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 no. Here's why. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. Go ahead, go ahead. What I'm saying is that New York City, right now, right now, or like within a year or two, yeah, like outside 
outside of the t- of the top, if you want to say, or bottom fifty to pay, of murder. Mm-hmm. They have, they're outside of the top fifty in terms of murder. They had get, guess get this now that's. 300 too many, but whether it was last year or the year before, everything got skewed with the pandemic with different, blah, 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 whatever. Because mm-hmm. it's all relative anyway. 8.6 million people, 20 million metropolitan, but 8.6 in the boroughs, 300 murders. There's like hundreds and hundreds more than that. And so many other. It's not just murder. It's burglary. No, no, no. Yes. Well, no, come on. So, yeah, murder is like outside the top 50, but everything else is worse. No, my point, though, Mike, is all right, but back to the East Village, right? So if I could just say this, right? So living in the East Village, right? Martha Stewart. All right. So you know her Bobby Flay? Bobby Flay. Yeah. You know who he is. Yeah. From, he had from, a from restaurant TV. that he had just started called Bolo in uh-huh. the East Village. Right. Okay. There was Olivia. So there were, okay, I worked at, uh, well, I actually, I worked at 30th Street. That was up a little bit further away. I was not the East Village. All right. So also, Martha Stewart, Martha Stewart, when I, a little long later after I lived there, she did two shows. One was Pete Spice, this, this yeah. place you walked in and it was old fashioned. It was all on, on, on shelves forever with the apothecary jars and this and that and this, mm-hmm. right? Pete Spice. All right. Another one was called Kurawiki. Right. It was, uh, they did, they smoked their own kibasi and they, you walked in there, it smelled like a smokehouse. Right. And she, Martha's freaking Stewart did two different shows. This is like 15 years later. I'm like, wow, man, I remember I, I shopped there and she's doing shows about these, these authentic like places that do their own shit in the East Village. I mean, so when I say I lived in the center of the food universe, what I mean is, <laughs> I can tell you stories, you know, this is something where uh, how I had a real problem with Indians from a certain caste from India, and they were such scumbags. That's a different story for a different day. But all the Indian restaurants, I could eat for dirt cheap. This is what I mean. It was like gourmet for the dirt dog cheap prices. And it was like there was bodegas to get plantains and any kind of peppers you want. Twenty, I could go to the Korean market and get like fancy shrooms or like three ki- bok choy and three ki- eight kinds of cabbage. I right. could go to the, you know what I mean? It was like I was in the center of the food universe in America. Oh, There's no great. question about it. It was the best, cheapest food in in America. You though, if you want, if you want the best Italian food, you have to go to Brooklyn. Brooklyn has the best Italian food. Not Manhattan, not Queens, especially not the Bronx. Well, especially now. Yeah, Brooklyn and Staten Island. Staten Island's a little far away, though. But Brooklyn... Especially now. Yeah, has the... And also, it's getting more expensive, especially Brooklyn. Exactly why. That's why Brooklyn... I said especially now, because Brooklyn, where it became pricey, where it became available, where you didn't have to be like, make a million dollars and do... Speaking of Italian, you know Zagat's, right? Zagat's food guide. Yeah, of course. All right, so they don't usually do Best Buy. It's all about, you know, of course, fan base and all that. It's all about polls. They don't make any judgment. But occasionally they'll do a Best Buy. There was a restaurant that I used to take my relatives to or, you know, friends when they came into town in New York City. Once you live in New York City, boy, and you got a place that you got paid rent and you got a nice apartment, you got friends you never knew you had. Yeah, we thought about taking a trip to New York, right? So everybody and their brother wants to make a trip because they don't got to <laughs> Anyway, but I used to take them to a place called Cucina de Pesh, and there was another one called Frutti de Mar, and it was identical places on 4th Street and 1st Street. It was uh, in the funky part of East Village, and it was an Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. Lance, where'd you go? Lance, did Lance, I think Lance just might have gotten whacked. Did you get whacked? Did someone whack you, Lance? 
Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. Yes. Okay. I got, yeah, I got yeah, yeah. There. So anyway, it's like, listen to this, Mike. And I'm sorry to go off on just this one topic, but it's interesting, right? So what? You got all, you got time. All right. You walk into this. Talk, we don't got to talk about Fauci all the time. <laughs> no, no. Right. So you walk into this place, right? Speaking of Italian restaurants, East Village, right? Back to the point of being in the center of the food universe. You walk into this place and staring at you is a huge steam table of steam mussels modernade, right? Oh, I love steam mussels. In Maranat, with a, uh, with a wine base, a little bit of wine, uh, you know, chunky marinara sauce with lots of basil and parsley in a, in a big, big steam table of, of mussels. Eat all you want. That's when you first walk in. I made the mistake. The place opens at five. Of course, in New York, they serve till 11. They'll take the last order. Don't get there at five because you're going to get seated right away and you don't get a chance. <laughs> you get there a little late. So you have to wait. Now the bar was. Kind of expensive, right? Whatever the priciness of, uh, not a fancy bar, but anyway, it wasn't cheap. But cause they figured, all right, all right, all right. You walk in, you get the, all the steam muscles you want. You gotta wait 20, 30 minutes. I can eat a lot of steam muscles, like dozens of them, literally. And they keep bringing them out, man. They don't wait till it's empty. All right. Then you walk in, you sit down, you get seated bread and butter and whatever the appetizer if it's two people you get one if it's four people you get two five you know whatever the party is it might uh, a, a chilled like the artichoke you know that you pluck off the thing has got the day it might be a caprese salad with the tomato basil thing right it might be whatever so you sit down now you've had all the muscles you want you've sit down with an appetizer right away without paying for it like a, like i said a chilled artichoke thing steamed with the with the sauce embedded with uh bread and butter you haven't paid a nickel You've already had like two courses before you even pay. And it's like, you can get anything on, and it's like nothing on over 10 bucks. This is like 1990. And, uh, you know, I used to get like the penne with, uh, uh, asparagus and sun dried tomatoes, whatever, whatever. I mean, I'm telling you, man. Let me, let me, I was just going to mention Daniel. I swear to God, I was just going to mention Daniel before he wrote. He just drank some water. All of this goes over Daniel's head because Daniel only eats fake food. He eats what you call the impossible burger, which means it's impossible to eat. It's fake, vegan burger. So Daniel would want the impossible muscles, the fake muscles. This is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. But hey, you know, teach his own, right? Hey, man, no meat, no meat. But it's got like 10,000 like additives that you never heard of. But don't, 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 you know, don't worry about that. What's a tumor? What what did you say, Gator? They're tumors? Muscles are tumors? Are they tumors? Lance. No, no. Muscles are, uh, they're mollusks. Oh, mollusk. Bivalves. They're bivalve mollusks. Yeah, they're mollusks. Yeah. Right. They're mollusks. They're, they're like mollusks. clams, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. But no, I think, but, I think we should all eat real food. You know, I had a friend who was a, he, he loved, he was a meat eater. And him and his friend decided, this was like back in the 80s, I think, or 70s, when it was really hip for a while to like go vegetarian. So they went vegetarian for a while and they were just eating, they did it together. You know, it's like a friend, two friends doing it, supporting each other. And then, actually, the guy's name is Jay Diamond. I used to work for him in radio. I used to work with him. I used to do film reviews on his show. That's how I got into the film review thing. Anyway, right. so he was a host on ABC. But before, well, before that, he was, he, he was living in New York, and he and his friend decided to become vegetarians. And at one point, they had been vegetarians for a while. He told me the story. They were both walking down the street, and they passed, like, this beautiful steakhouse. <laughs> and they smelled. They smelled the meat. And both of them looked at each other and said, it's time to end this. <laughs> they went in and they had huge fucking steaks. Because let me tell you, and you know, Lance, when you smell a good steak, how do you stay away from it? I don't know. I don't know. I can't stay away from it. 
I know. I think we're natural born meat eaters, aren't we? Oh, 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 I'm, well, me personally, I'm such a carnivore and I'm thin as a rail. I'm like six feet tall. I weigh like 145 pounds and, you know, I'd rather be underweight than overweight, but whatever. Really? I pictured you, I pictured you as a bigger guy. Well, you're a skinny guy. Oh, oh man. Skinny bones. I'm thin as a rail. Oh my God. My na- yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean but- like, like, like Larry David skinny? Oh my God. Like, like, like Biafran starving child skinny. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rail. But you know what? You know what? You know what? It's all muscle. No, I'm serious. I can hit a baseball out of the park and I can knock a golf ball a mile because I can I can torque my body and coil it in a way that like I'm like like I'm like rubber man. What do, what, what can I tell you? So you're one of those people who can eat but not gain weight. Never. My metabolism is like through the roof. Literally. I can't and how, you know. and how, and how old are you? 112. No, how old are you really? Give me your 65. Answer. You're 65 and you can eat and not gain weight? Fuck you. Never. <laughs> Never. My dad, my dad said that. He said, you know what, Don? I weigh, to me, I'm Don Jr. I weigh the same as I did in the service within 10 pounds. Now, a lot of his weight went from upper body, like chest strength. He was 5'7". He was on six foot because he was short. I don't know why. My mom was not average. She was average 5'4", but I not tall, tall, but six feet. And uh, But he said, yeah, kind of it kind of dropped from my chest down to my belly, but he was within 10 pounds. I just have a high metabolism, you know. Wow. Well, you're um, lucky, you know. You're lucky. You're the kind of person most people hate. Oh yes, of course. You know, yeah, no, I'm, you know, so what, what can I tell you? But yeah, no, I can eat like a freaking Italian, you know, right. And not gain weight. But, um, so what we're talking about. So, but, uh, all right. All right. But hey, what, yeah. Did you have anything else to talk about? Can I, can I go on with the show now? <laughs> well, no, but, uh, but you know what, you know what I would like, man, if you just like mute the hell out, mute the hell out. Cause you mentioned some other topics you were going to talk about. You know, and and I thought, you know what? I agree with Mike a lot, but you know we disagree a lot. But I would love to have a back and forth, even if it's brief, where I understand it's your show. You get three minutes, maybe I get thirty seconds or a minute. But there was a couple things that you were going to mention on your show that I really wanted to comment on that I would love to chime in about. Well, why don't you just call back in? You yeah, but wait, can you just can you just mention the topics you're going to cover, and I'll I'll shut up. Um, okay, well, what I what I have in the I'm going to give the docket. I'm going to give the rundown, the docket. Okay, I'm going to talk about the House Democrats. Right. They voted on the, they voted on the bill to make uh, to permanently classify fentanyl as a Schedule One controlled substance. While at the same time, lands the same time this is important. The Board of Supervisors here in San Francisco have decided that they can't do such a thing. They they can't classify. They the, they they voted down a measure to add fentanyl crimes to the sanctuary cities exceptions because they say no 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 if we add if we add fentanyl as a crime is the same way to some major offenses it's 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 mean to the immigrants it's mean to the immigrants so we can't do that so we'll talk about that we're gonna talk about Gavin Newsom canceling Walgreens and Walgreens striking back responding back right and you mentioned the DC thing because I pay DC attention crime, Mike DC crime DC crime bill that Biden you know is that the Demo- <laughs> that the that the Democrats and Republicans are getting together in to squash um, with D.C. The, the city council of D.C. wanted to make basically everything legal. You can do everything you want. No sentences. And also Eric Adams, uh, mayor, mayor, uh, we'll do a mayor shaft update. He's telling stores now to have customers remove their face masks. So he wants to right, make right, face right. masks not legal. 
whatever. Right. So, yeah, right. Which is something I spoke about for the last three fucking years. For the last three years, I've been telling people that criminals have used the mass mandates to their advantage to go in and rob stores. And now finally, you have the mayor of New York City saying, asking stores to have their customers remove their face masks. And the funny right, thing right, about right. this, Lance, let me tell you before you talk, the funny, the hilarious thing about this is that – Store owners are saying, well, we don't want to get into uncomfortable situations of telling, you know, confrontations, having people take their masks off. But why do they have no problem getting into confrontations, telling people they must put masks on? Mask on when the pandemic. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But so, yeah. So anything you, well, you can call back in if you want. You know, I love you. No, but, right. But, but yeah. So, but one of the things, oh, shoot. Uh, you know, th- that you were just talking about, right? Um, about, um, go back one topic. <laughs> Adams, oh, the D.C. crime bill. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, you know, but, but in all this stuff. Okay, so. They, but there was even one before that about the San Francisco, oh, shoot. Um, Oh, about Gavin Newsom with Walgreens. But but see, like all these things, you know, so why shouldn't Gavin Newsom do what he did? Do you agree or disagree with his decision on that? Of course they disagree. First of all, it had nothing to do with California. All the stores in California are going to have the kill child pill, the child killing pill. It's only other states where they have – this is why Walgreens struck back. And I'll, once I find that, I'll read the Walgreens response. But there, no, are no. Other state, there are other states in where this pill is illegal and Walgreens cannot sell it. That's it's like 20 states, Republican states, where this pill is not legal and Walgreens can't sell it. And Gavin Newsom is getting on. So Gavin Newsom is canceling Walgreens in California where any woman can get the pill because in Mississippi, they're not selling the pill because this guy is a moron, Lance. He's a virtue signaling, slimy politician, moron, playboy. That's what he is. Everything he does, Wait a minute. Virtue, everything he does, they virtue signal to the wackiest left fucks in the world because that's what Mike. California is. Mike, California is what? Go ahead. Mike, the difference between you and me is that I despise all politicians of every stripe equally. Well, I don't. Now you know. Wait a minute, Lance. Lance, you know I like you, but that's idiotic. Not everyone is the same. We're all different. Well, not. No, I'm talking about politicians. No, wait a minute. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is all 535 congressmen and senators are shitheads. All 535. There isn't one that I can say. That's not true. Yes, it is true that they all have relatives. Wait a minute, Mike. Wait a minute, though. They all have relative strengths and weaknesses. What I'm saying is this. make them assholes. That doesn't make them all assholes. No, no, no. Here's what I'm saying. Uh, do you know who Justin Amash is? He's a libertarian. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. I think the guy's great. Okay. So they I love the it. guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Look, there are Democrats I like, and you know I hate Democrats. No, no, no. It's got nothing to do with that. Can I? Justin Amash said, I don't care about where people stand on issues. The entire institution of Congress is dysfunctional and it's a bunch of children emotionally in I other mean, words yeah. um justin amash I said i i have to leave this entire institution right because whether it's the critical mass or not mm-hmm. 
It's just not, it's, it's dysfunctional entirely. So this yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. The entire institution is dysfunctional. So here's my point. Go ahead. Give me your point. I, gotta, I have to go to other callers. I don't want no, to but what I'm saying is if you buy into the idea of either party or any individuals, and even the good ones have to sit. No, here's my point. Rand Paul, I think is great. I think he's the best when it comes to certain things. Okay. And so just because I think that Rand Paul is a whack job doesn't mean that I can't give him credit. And what just because, Gab, wait a minute, just because Gavin Newsom, you know, knew, is a complete neoliberal dickhead shithead, it doesn't mean that he's not wrong about this. Fuck Walgreens. No. no. Wait a minute. Let me just, right. can I, I'll make this point, and I know you can mute me anytime, but let me make this point. Fuck everybody that wants to be anti-abortion. I don't care how pro-life you are. I don't care how pro-life you are. I don't care. In other words, I don't care how anti-gun you are. Guns are going to be around no matter how anti-gun you are. Abortion right. is going to be around right. no matter how pro-life you are. So but for why, Walgreens, so okay, wait a minute. So for Walgreens to say that we're going to succumb to pressure, and don't tell me that these abortion pills are entirely illegal in these 20 states. That's they false. Are. No, they're not. I'm going to That's read false, Mike. That's Lance, false. Lance, That's false. They're bucking to pressure. No, no. Wait a minute. Walgreens is waiting for a technicality. Wait. Let me say this, please. Walgreens is pretending to wait for a technicality from the FDA, but no other, no other corporation is waiting for that. So you're hiding behind what Walgreens is hiding behind, which is a technicality that no other chain is doing. Yes, you're right. There is a technical legal thing going on, but Walgreens is. The only one hiding behind it. Yeah. Wait. Wait. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm. I'm. I'm have to. I have to. I'm going to. I'm going to go there in a second. There's like. There's absolutely no reason, though. Um, Gavin Newsom has no business telling Walgreens what to do in Mississippi. Gavin Newsom's not president of the fucking United States. He wants to be. He wants to be. He hopes Joe Biden breaks his head tomorrow. Gavin Newsom hopes Joe Biden dies tomorrow. I'll be very, very direct, so we could be run for president. OK, because he's such a Democratic suck up ass licker that he would never challenge Joe Biden. Right. Because Nancy Pelosi might stop giving him money. His sugar mama might start stop giving him money. But the fact of the matter is, there's no reason for Gavin Newsom, the governor of Cal. I can understand Gavin Newsom coming out and complaining if Walgreens stopped selling this pill. Although I still can't because you can get the pill in 85 million other places, including fucking clinics on the corner and LGBTQ centers. They have the pills in buckets for you to fucking take if you want to fucking have kids and kill children all you want. Okay, Lance? But the fact of the matter is that this is not even a California thing. In California, women can get the pill at Walgreens. Gavin Newsom's the governor of California. Why is he always so worried about other states? Why is he always still worried about Florida and Mississippi and Alabama? As the governor of California, he has no right to care about another state or tell Walgreens what they can do in fucking Missoula, Montana. Because he wants to be a virtue thing. He's a big fucking mouth playboy, hair jail king of California scumbag who wants a national profile and wants to beat his fucking chest like a gorilla, virtue signaling to the left, so they vote for him for president. That's what he wants. Thank you. <laughs> How's it going? 
Doing good, man. I hope you're doing good. I always like to listen to both of you, uh, Lance and uh, Mike. But this is the thing. My question is, what does this mean from Walgreens? What does this mean? What's going to happen there? Nothing much. So, Nothing. so, so this that's, guy's that's just part, virtually si- signaling. It's just, Gavin, it's just Gavin Newsom opening his big mouth and virtue signaling when there's very little they can do anyway. They can cancel exactly. some contracts. They can be. He can do some little things to be an annoying little bitch on spite. Yeah. But He's not really going to be able. He can't tell. He can't make Walgreens not be in the state. So you know. Yeah, exactly. But, he can't. He can't. He can't tell them what they could sell. What medication? There's a medication they refuse to sell. That's their prerogative, you know. Well, and they, the they're not forfeiting. And the hypocrisy of Gavin Newsom and the left is that Gavin Newsom and the left are the ones who say Ron DeSantis is a fascist for 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 bothering Disney, right? Because Disney was was making a big deal about the "Don't Say Gay" bill. They were lying about it. And they were backing the people who wanted to to you know to knock it down so children could be so kindergartners can be taught about sex change and all that stuff, and Gavin and so so Ron DeSantis goes in because this is actually a thing that affects Florida, okay? The taxes yeah. that Disney don't pay and Disney up his ass about the bill and lying about it actually affects Florida. It doesn't affect California. Right. Ron DeSantis didn't care about fucking Montana. Doesn't care about New York. So this actually directly, unlike the Walgreens thing, this directly affects. Florida and the taxpayers there, okay? So Gavin uh-huh. Newsom, so Ron DeSantis comes out and says, hey, Disney, you've had this great fucking deal, which many of us didn't even know about, for all these years where you don't got to pay taxes, unlike any other business in Florida. We're ending that now. You're paying taxes and you're paying $800 million in back tax. You owe. And, Ron, and, and Gavin Newsom, other liberals came out and said, oh, Ron the fascist, he's, he's getting involved with a private company because they're doing something politically he doesn't like. What is Gavin Newsom doing with, with Walgreens, this hypocritical bastard? What's he doing with Walgreens? He's getting involved and he's fining them because they're doing something politically he doesn't like. But the fact of the matter is the mind-blowing ridiculously bat crap stupid crazy thing is it doesn't affect california they're doing this in other states not california the state that he runs is california he doesn't run fucking mississippi he doesn't run alabama exactly but they're fucking so hypocrites hypocrites and they're hypocrites quickly they don't even wait they'll say something like a governor shouldn't get involved with a private business because of politics and then they'll do the same thing but it's okay if they do it because they're liberals and they get to virtue signal because they're virtuous and, and and heavenly these they're fucking morons these people are idiots exactly. lance, uh, vlad and lance they can't be taken seriously they just can't yeah. be taken seriously anymore they must be mocked this is why people get mad at me. They go, why do you make fun of people? Because I like making fun of people. I like making fun of people who make my life miserable. You make my life miserable. You make my friends' lives miserable. You make the, the citizenry, the, the lives of the masses miserable. And I love mocking you and destroying you. I'm sorry. That's just the way I am. I, 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 I got I'm one for Brooklyn, you, Mike. Vlad, that's the way I am. I'm not going to And we love you. We love you even more. Check it out, Mike. <laughs> I think I think Gavin Newsom, Tusom Newsom, belongs to the, the same club that Brady belongs to, the the Uphill Gardener Collective. The Uphill Gardener Collective. <laughs> the Uphill If you know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> And you know what that means, so I wouldn't even yeah. go into it. It's just, God. they're all assholes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, at least be consistent. If you, if you say you don't want Ron DeSantis doing this, then you don't do it. I mean, it's like, you can't say I've done it, I'm doing it because 
I'm allowed to. I'm a liberal. And, but this is what they – Vlad, they believe they can do it because they're morally higher than everyone else. This is what they believe. Exactly. They believe they are the, they're on the moral high horse and we're all beneath them. And they have the right to do it because they're doing what's morally right while we're doing what's morally reprehensible to them. That's why they believe exactly. they can do exactly what they say we can't do. Their hypocrisy has to be pointed out to the point of deriding the derision, making them small, making them what they are, small, meaningless, nothing balls. You know, yeah. Newsom wants to be president. That's why he's opening. That's why he's talking about these other. Uh, least, of course, least, of course. At least Ron DeSantis sure. is. At least Ron DeSantis is, is like not hiding it. He's going to. He's going to Iowa. He's he, going. He, to, he's, you know. He's trying to. He's trying. He's trying to gloat. He's trying to get all the attention of an attention whore, especially if he's going to be running, which I doubt, but he's going to be running. And and his he's actually he's not favorable. They did I think a survey here in California, and it didn't look favorable. I don't know how many out of how many people. Out of eight out of ten, I could be wrong on the number, said that they don't want Gavin Newsom running for presidency. So, you know what? I agree. I never liked him. You know, and pretty boy, boy toy uh, Newsom never, never, never attracted me. And, and you Look, know what? I, uh, I'm you, sorry. I tell you, every Vlad, every night, I don't believe the guy is religious at all. He'll pretend to be, but I, I think every night he he prays that something bad happens to Joe Biden. Every night he prays. That something bad happens to Joe Biden because he wants to run for president so bad. Okay. He wants to run for president so bad. And let me tell you something. I want him – I've said this before. I want it to be DeSantis Newsom. I want Ron DeSantis to kick Gavin Newsom's ass all over this country. I want him to give him the greatest electoral since Mondale and Reagan in 84. I want him to kick his ass and end his political career at a, at a, at a pretty young age. That's what I, that's what I want. So I, I, I want Newsom to be the Democratic nominee. Whatever has to happen for that to happen, I want. Although I, don't, I, don't, I really don't wish Joe Biden any ill will. I don't, I don't want anyone to get sick or die. But whatever it may be, Biden deciding he can't run, the Democrat <laughs> deciding he shouldn't run, whatever it may be, I want it to be Newsom and DeSantis because I want DeSantis to give this guy the beating he deserves. That's what I want. Hey, I, I, I prefer DeSantis all the way. As long as, I like, as, long as Trudeau doesn't come on this side, to become an authoritarian and people start voting, voting for him over over Newsom and shit. You know, we don't need oh, any all, more authoritarians. Ah, these, <laughs> you these know? young, these young, these young playboy fascists, Hitler wannabes—they're all over the place, right? You got Macron, yeah. you got Trudeau, yeah. you got Newsom, you got—they're oh, terrible. <laughs> uh, Cuomo, you know, they're all. Yeah. What is it about so, these guys? What, what, what? So, somebody put uh, in, a, I think it was on Twitter, a uh, May May photo of Newsom and Trudeau, Bang Brothers. Like the Porto Bang I saw, Brothers. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. Any, anyway, Mike, I'll let you go, man. Yeah, thank Handle you, it, man. Have a great night, man. Love Always talking to you. All right. All right. Uh, Daniel, you're on a Let's Be Heard. How's it going, Daniel? Okay. Hey, uh, speaking of gain of function, I think uh, Gavin Newsom's brain could use some. A gain of function? Yes, it could. Absolutely. It can. Exactly. Exactly. There is no... Is there something called... No function, no function, no function. Yeah, I, the fact of the matter is, is that this guy, he's he's insane. He's in, absolutely insane. He's absolutely, who cares what a business does in another state? You're not the president of the United States. You're you're governor of California, and in California, yeah, women, wear, what, 
Women here can open their legs all they want. Guys don't got to use condoms. They can shoot it in there. They can get their abortion pills. They can go to the store and buy them for, they can go in stores and buy them for, what is it, $20 maybe for a hundred of them. And they can, they can down those pills all they want. They can kill as many children as they want in his state. So what does he care about? What is he, what is he busybody with another state for? I don't understand it. Other than the fact that he wants to virtue signal to the crazy left wing, thinking that's how he can win a Democratic primary. Yeah, here's what Politico says about it um, in an article published four hours ago. Walgreens has said it won't offer mifepristone in 21 states where Republican attorney generals have threatened legal action against pharmacies that provide the medication. All of those states have either banned abortion or have proposed legislation or pending court challenges that would prohibit distribution. In other words, and I'll read the story. Here it is. Yeah, this is from California cancels. Walgreens responds, um, we are deeply disappointed by a decision by the state of California not to renew our longstanding contract due to false and misleading information. And there's more in this article that I'll read in a second. But the fact of the matter is, is that that's the problem. See, here's the deal. Here's the deal. And this is what the Democrats and Gavin Newsom said during COVID. And you know this. They said, well, if you don't like the way things are in California, go to uh, Alabama, right? If you don't like the way things are here, go to Arizona. Go to where you don't have to wear masks. Go to where there aren't lockdowns. Go to where you don't need to show proof of vaccine. That's what they said. They said, just leave. And people took their advice and left. So here's the fact of the matter. In these states, the legislation, the legislators don't want abortion. The people who live in those states, the voters, don't want abortion. That's why the Roe v. Wade uh, uh, you know, the Supreme Court did the right thing and send it back to the states. The people in those states can decide what happens in their state. OK. And the people in those states hate abortion. They abhor abortion. The legislatures abhor abortion. And that's the way things are in those states. It's not crazy fucking California le- lefty liberal lunacy. And that's the way things are in those states. So Walgreens is simply just abiding by what the people and the legislators, the lawmakers in those states want. OK, that's the situation. And Gavin Newsom has no right as the governor of California to tell what a business what a business can do in another state. In a, once again, he had a problem with Ron DeSantis coming down on Disney, a business in his state, a business that relies on his state to make money, tourism to his state to make money. This has nothing to do with California. This is all about Gavin Newsom's bloated hair gel ridden head wanting to virtue signal and beat his chest to the democratic base around this country because he wants to win the primary that's what he wants to do he wants to position himself as the wackiest left wacko job virtue signaling loser in the world because he believes that will give him the best chance to get the democratic nomination you know what for once he's right yeah, he, he just might be right. And, and as you say, I would love to see DeSantis versus Newsom because uh, it would be just great to see that son of a bitch get his comeuppance. Because you DeSantis, and I, you DeSantis and I are on the would same, destroy him. Yeah, you and I are on the same page there. DeSantis would hold him to account for what he did in California. He would hold but, him to account for protecting Fauci. And, and the Fauci story is just going to get deeper and nastier by the time the election rolls around. And uh, for for having ever been on Fauci's side, that is going to be quite the scarlet letter for someone to be wearing. Um, I want to ask you a Redfield. question. Yeah, did you have did you have a comment about Redfield? What is with Redfield? Because you and I were at the Atlas thing where he talked about Redfield being one of the three musketeers, my my term, who basically pushed him out and said we don't care about facts. So what's, yeah, what's Redfield? Like, is, it, is Redfield playing it both ways here? 
Redfield was a strange uh, fellow trying to keep his job and at, this, and at the same time trying to deliver to people um, messages about the effectiveness of masks and vaccines. And he did this at a hearing um, uh, when it was over, over two years ago. Um, he, he, um, so he said there was a hearing about masks and he makes this comment um, that masks are probably are going to be better at uh, at uh, limiting transmission than vaccines, and I remember saying to people that were, were listening to this comment at the same time on the news, I said, "Okay, well, there's an admission that the vaccines are going to be total crap," and that is what I think he was what he was trying to tell everybody that these vaccines were going to be useless when it comes to transmission and infection. Because he was saying that a mask, which he yeah. knew was total yeah. garbage, was yeah. going to be better than the vaccine. So, so Redfield was trying to get these messages to people, but kind of like backdoor means. People weren't really picking up on it, but that's kind of what he was doing, was trying to, for history's sake, he wants to be able to point back and say, hey, look, you know, this is my kind of backdoor means of trying to warn people. Um, it, it's not going to work in my mind. Either you come out and you stand up straight and you and you be forthright about this. This was this had such you know tremendous consequences for our entire world. You don't you don't you don't send these messages through the fucking back door. You ride in through the front door on a fucking horse shooting off a pistol. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Redfield's one of those people that are see he's, he's smart enough to sit back and see how the tide is, is changing, right? He's seeing it. He's seeing everything, the landscape that he was so comfortable in three years ago, two and a half years ago, has changed. And it's going to continue to change. And I think, once again, he's one of those people like Leanna Wen, who wants to kind of try to position themselves as being on the right side of history, where, you know, it's being one of those people that are like, okay, the worst of the worst, like Hotek and, and Fauci and what, maybe Osterholm and those other people. But he wants to be like in the at least in the middle ground of okay these people finally came around to seeing the light of day right so he wants to be exonerated that way right and yeah. I think I think I think that's what he's doing yeah that's that's, that's definitely that definitely is what he's doing but the 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 testimony that he's giving is is obviously clearing uh, some of the air and um and, and it it is truthful um, and there is evidence to back up what he's saying is truthful. Um, one of the reasons that it, that the whole lab versus uh, nature um, question has always been important, although I have seen it to be of tertiary importance compared to the other stuff, which was just, you know, forcing people to wear masks, forcing people to lock down, forcing people to get vaccines. Those were far more important, uh, but it was a, a major consequence. So I wanted I to quickly try to um, to. Um, tell people and remind them about why it was a major consequence biologically. And that's because of something we've discussed here before, and that's called imprinting, sometimes called original antigenic sin. And the way this works is the first uh, virus of, of a um, mutating, uh, evolving viral strain, the first strain that you evolved, to, that you are exposed to, is the one that you are most protective of. Later strains that come down, uh, that, that may come after that, you are you are less protected against them. It's called original antigenic sin or imprinting. The reason this is important is because if this came out of a lab, um, as, as I have said before, vaccines are for endemic disease, not pandemic disease. You really have to wait to get to the steady state 
of, of the strains before you start vaccinating people because of the imprinting problem of original antigenic sin. Here's the big reason why the lab leak thing is so important. When, if this came out of the lab, that would mean that it was going to be far, far away from equilibrium. That is, it wasn't a, a virus that developed in nature and therefore was going to be farther away from its equilibrium point that is, is a final endemic strain that is, that, that, that is going to occur. Therefore, there are going to be far, far, far more mutations before you get to that point. And any vaccine that you developed early on is going to be far, far, far less effective when you finally get to that point. So this explains why they were pushing so damn hard on vaccines, because they were they were sold on the fact they're sold on the idea that and they knew that imprinting was going to make the fucking vaccine useless very quickly. So this is why they're shoving this shit down our throats with vaccine mandates, etc. By the way, I almost forgot to mention, Daniel, I don't know how I almost forgot to mention this. Did you see that that Gavin Newsom got COVID again? You know, you can probably tell that I've got some, something going on right now. I've got a, a, a cold-sounding voice. You can probably pick up on that. Um, I could care less if he got COVID again. Um, but how, hilar- how hilarious is it? How many how many jabs does he have? Over, under six? What's the over, under on six jabs? And I think this is at least – I don't really keep track of Gavin Newsom's health record. But I think who, this is the second or third time yeah. he's had COVID. Who, who, who knows time. how many times I would have tested positive for COVID over the yeah, last Yeah, but wait years. a minute. So, who I the fuck cares? He's still testing himself. He has yeah. a mild case, which means he may have to sniff. He might sound like you when he takes a COVID test. This guy is such a fucking yep. hump. But wait yeah, a minute. Yeah. On yeah, top of that, though, but his cure, the cure is easy for him. He should just go down to his neighborhood Walgreens and buy some Tylenol. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, maybe they'll, maybe they'll, maybe Walgreens will lace that Tylenol. Remember it was wasn't it Tylenol that was, that, that caused the original <laughs> tapping, tapping of, yeah, uh, of one, of those boxes, one of those boxes from the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, 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 um, I, 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 I've, I've heard that, uh, Mr. Um, can't, that, uh, Gavin, because he can't read a teleprompter because of his dyslexia, um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious on this guy. I need some gain of function going on in his brain. Um, this, uh, because of his dyslexia, he's, he's not going to give a, a state of the state speech. Is that the deal with him? Is I thought, he, didn't he give, he, didn't he give some speech? He's always giving speeches. He loved the sound of his voice, even though his voice is awful. Um, he, he gave, he gave a speech. I thought he gave a state of the state speech in January. Didn't he give a speech in January where he said, we are the state of freedom. I thought that was the state of the state speech. What speech was that? His we are the state of freedom. I, I figured since it was in January, it was a state of the state, but I guess it wasn't. But he's not giving one. Why? Do you know his reasons for not giving one? Not that I care. I wouldn't watch. Yeah, it. that's that's what I'm asking. Is it, 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 someone I've heard reports is that he has a hard time reading the teleprompter, but I'm thinking, OK, then how did he give this other speech? What is more, more, more likely going on is that he doesn't want to get up and say and, and try to paint any sort of positive picture about what he did in California because he's been going back and forth with DeSantis trying to call him, try to call California the freedom state. And, and, and the numbers just keep coming out, you know, with respect to excess deaths, with respect to economic devastation, with respect to the number of workers that have left uh, San Francisco, for example, in downtown, and they're probably never going to return. 
the devastation just keeps mounting and mounting and mounting. And so he can't possibly want to get up and try to defend anything that he has done. That's probably the DeSantis reason. Would just, DeSantis would just shove it down. His, they'd be taking notes well, and they'd just be shoving the shit down. I mean, down look, 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 the, Biden, Biden's done a horrible job, but he gave a State of the Union, right? So they lie. He lied for an hour and 10 minutes. I mean, they yeah, all it's lie. Hard for a pre- it's hard for a president to avoid the State of the Union. <laughs> right, right, right. But you're right. But Newsom would lie. He's good at it. You know, he would lie. But you're right. It would, it would be fodder for DeSantis to use in ads and such as well. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You know, so like they, I mean, it, it is, you know, it's amazing. But, you know, um, yeah. So Gavin Newsom has, has COVID again, has COVID again. But but he's so glad he's so glad he made some generous donations to Big Pharma. And of course, vice versa, vice versa. Yeah, he needs to take a he needs to take a, a pack, a Pax Lovid mint julep or something. That little prissy. <laughs> Is that the new? Is that gonna be? Is that gonna be the? Is that gonna be the new treatment? A mint julep with Paxlovid. A mint julep. Oh, Daniel, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, have a good night. All right, you too. All right, Lance, I will give you the last word on the show at the end of the show if you want to stick with me. If not, affogato. So I do want to get to some of these. I do want to get to some stories. I'm stories, and I've only covered like one. Uh, although I appreciate all the calls, but I do want to. Okay, so I, I want to give Walgreens because everyone's had their opinion. I've had my opinion. I want to I want to read the story, which was written uh, in a California capital KCRA, uh, written by someone. What's her name? Ashley Zavala. Okay, so California officially will not renew at least one of its contracts with Walgreens over its decision to not distribute the abortion pill in several other states. Gavin Newsom announced on Wednesday. Under the governor's order, the Department of General Services notified Walgreens it will not renew a $54 million contract to help the state provide medication to incarcerated people in California's prison system. The contract specifically helped the state provide pharmacy prescription drugs primarily used by the state's correction health care system. Um, uh, prior to Walgreens' decision not to distribute the abortion pill in 21 states, California planned to renew the agreement on May 1. Now they won't. So this is uh, Gavin Newsom. California will not stand by as corporations cave to extremists and cut off critical access to reproductive care and freedom. California is on track to be the fourth largest economy in the world, and we will leverage our market power to defend the right to choose. Okay, so that's what he said. Um, And let's see if I can read. We are deeply disappointed by a decision by the state of California not to renew our longstanding contract due to false and misleading information, said uh, Fraser Engerman, the senior director of external relations for Walgreens. Walgreens is facing the same circumstances as all retail pharmacies. And no other retail pharmacies have said they would approach the situation differently. So it's unclear where this contract would now be moved. Our position has always been that once we are certified by the FDA, Walgreens plans to dispense miprefistone in any jurisdiction where it is legally permissible to do so, including California. We will dispense this medication consistent with federal and state laws providing legally approved medications to patients is what pharmacies do and is rooted in our commitment to the communities in which we operate, Engerman said. The decision came days after Newsom tweeted would no longer be doing business with Walgreens. And now you know, the decision came after Republican leaders. So that's exactly what I've been saying. Walgreens will distribute this stuff where it's legal 
in the states where the legislators and the people who voted in those legislators want it, not where Gavin Newsom wants it. Okay, not where not where fascist dictator Gavin Newsom says it must be sold. Fascist dictator Gavin Newsom says Pepperstone must be sold in 50 states. If you want to do business in the great state of California, the fourth largest economy, my ass. It's about the 20th now because businesses are leaving here left and right. Citizens are leaving left and right. They're losing congressional districts. They're losing electoral votes. They never lost. California never lost a congressional district. Never lost. In the, they only gained electoral votes and gained congressional districts before Gavin Newsom became governor. Then once Gavin Newsom became governor, almost immediately, almost immediately, California lost a congressional district and electoral vote to Texas. And under Andrew Cuomo, New York lost an electoral vote to Florida. Okay, understand that. A here is in the shitter. No one's in San Francisco. 200,000 people left. The streets are empty. The only in the streets are fucking fentanyl poisoning, fucking drug dealers, people shitting in the streets. This is the fourth largest economy. A buffangool. Buffangool, you hair gel king. Buffangool. Hey, Gavin. Gavin. Azendeme. Tuesday, Provionos Fachim. And you are. I have to say where that came from. Because unlike people at Fox who listen to this show and never give me any credit, I give credit to where credit's due. My old boss, Bob Grant, the first person I really – well, not the first. The second or third person I worked for, but the guy I worked for in radio for a long period of time, from 91 to 96, would always say that about Mario Cuomo, Andrew's father, when he was governor. He would say, Mario, and it works better with Mario than Gavin. Obviously, Gavin's not an Italian name, but how do we how do we I'll, I'll ask Lance later. How do we turn Gavin into it? Gavino? Hey, Gavino. We can do that. But he'd say, Mario, azendame, Tuesday, o provienos fachim, and you are. He would always say this um, because he hated Mario Cuomo. You know, this guy, Gavin, boy, Mario could be an ass sometimes. And Andrew, absolutely. But this guy, Newsom, this is the worst piece of garbage I've ever seen in my life. He reeks grease. You see him, that disgusting hair, filled with gel, loving the way he looks. You can see him looking into the mirror. You can see him looking into the mirror every day with that hair gel, practicing his, practicing his inauguration speech for president, right? Ugh, what a disgusting, vile, vile, vile man. Vile. And dumb. If any, a normal person... A normal person like Ron DeSantis, say, there was, say this was happening in his state, but it was reversed or whatever it may be, and he saw this was only happening in other states, he wouldn't even talk about it. Newsom doesn't even know what, he probably doesn't even know what the fuck's going on. What does he care about what Walgreens does in a place where they're going to be, it's illegal for them to do it? Where the state legislature, they're the, by the way, this is another thing that the Democrats don't believe in. They don't believe in the, in the three-level government. They don't believe in the legislative branch and the executive branch. And the, they think the executive is everything. Executive as dictator is what the Democrats have believed in and have strived on the last three years. And that's what Gavin Newsom believes in. Executive as dictator. No, the legislature makes the laws, you slimy bastard. The legislature makes the laws, not you. The people vote in the legislature, and then they make laws for the people who voted them in. That's the way it works. That's the Constitution. That's the Constitution, you slime ball, you scumbag. And in these states, the people vote in the legislature, and they're going to make laws. And if they make it illegal for Walgreens or any other, any other pharmacy to not sell this, then it's illegal. And Gavin Newsom can't make them do it. This dictator. 
Oh. Oh, I get the shivers when I think about him. He's one of those people I get like the when he comes on the television said I gotta shut it off. I get shivers go up my spine. Someone just did a meme, a brilliantly done meme, where they, they blended in Newsom with the Joker. Newsom with uh, you know Joaquin Phoenix's character. <laughs> Boy, was it frightening. I'm gonna see that in my nightmares. I'm going to see that in my nightmares. All right, I'm gonna I do wanna what was that? That was the Newsom. There's so much going on. Okay, that was the Newsom. Let's get Newsom out of the way. He's, if you want to talk about him, he's fine, but I'm not. You can, you can talk about him if you want, but I'm not talking about him anymore today. But the House Democrats did vote. And I'll get to Gator, and then we'll get to Lance again. Anyone else who wants to call in? House Democrats did vote against the bill, uh, uh, against bill to permanently classify fentanyl. Hold on. Let me read this again because Newsom is fucking me up today. Uh, ah, Okay. So I'm, I read this wrong. I thought it said the House Dems vote for the bill to permanently classify fentanyl. No, of course not. How could the Dem? How could I assume, Mike? I'm going to slap myself. Slap. How could I assume the Democrats did anything right? They vote. Well, they did one thing right, the D.C. thing. We'll get to that in a second. But House Democrats voted against the bill to permanently classify fentanyl as a Schedule One controlled substance. Democrats on the House Energy and Commerce Committee on Wednesday voted against legislation that would permanently classify both fentanyl and fentanyl-related substances as Schedule One drugs that carry the toughest penalties for trafficking and possession. Republicans say the growing fentanyl problem in America means the U.S. should permanently treat those schedules as Schedule One drugs as Schedule One and those of boosting penalties and stopping the spread of it. Uh, House Republicans argue it's time to permanently reclassify fentanyl and FRS as they called up a bill to do so. And then the Democrats, uh, the subcommittee approved the bill 710, which every Democrat voted against it, except Representative Angie Craig from Minnesota. Other Democrats rejected the bill as arguing the change should be coupled with an end to mandatory minimum sentences. They always want to end mandatory minimum sentences. They always want to make it easier for criminals to commit crimes. So this is another thing that they want to do. They want they don't like the mandatory minimums. They don't like mandatory minimums for crimes. In other words, everyone can find out what the – it's easy to find out. If, before you commit a crime, you have to go on Google and find out what the minimum is. You can find out what the penalty is for the crime, and then you can, like, not commit it. You know, you can, like – people can just, like, not commit crimes. If you don't want a mandatory minimum sentence, don't commit a crime. If someone if – someone, the Democrat thing that people are forced into committing crimes, people are forcing these people to commit crimes. Is that what Democrats believe? So once again, another uh, for the Democrats, and this goes in line with the wacko. The San Francisco Board of Supervisors are technically Democrats, but they're not really Democrats. They're like, they're like far left Neanderthals is what they are, okay? And they did the same thing, basically. They voted down a measure to add fentanyl crimes to sanctuary city exceptions because they say that it will hurt illegals. It's not fair to, it's not fair to illegal. It's not, listen to this. It's not fair to people coming here illegally, breaking a law, and then spreading fentanyl and killing children and other people. That's the, it's not fair to people breaking two, two laws, entering the country illegally and then killing people with drugs. Not fair to them. It's not fair, you see? Oh, clown car, clown car. This is where I live, clown car. This is where I live. They see. They believe the law-abiding citizens um, should be punished, and the criminals should be 
treated with kid gloves because criminals do criminal things because they just have to. They're oppressed. They're oppressed. And they're in a rage. They're in a rage and they're oppressed. This is what they believe. This is, this is their ideology, people. This is their ideology. Too many people are in prison. In fact, instead of being in prison where they can't hurt us, they should be on the streets where they continue to hurt us because they, they have the right to hurt us because they've been hurt. They were hurt when, when their great, 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 great grandfather was a slave. That affects them. That affects Willie Johnson, 25 years old, on the street now, that his great, 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 great grandfather was in Django Unchained. These people are fucking insane. They're insane. Lance, I'm gonna get to Lance. He'll calm me down a little bit. Then we'll get to another story or two. And, and, and not Lance. Don't. I'm gonna get to Lance at the end. Lance will get the. Some guy on TV. His name is uh, Lawrence O'Donnell. Has a show. He's like the the least worst of the worst. He's the least of the worst. He's the least worst of the worst on MSNBC. <laughs> and he has to show with the last word. And I'll give I'll give Lance the last word. But I'm gonna go to. You've been sitting there for a while. Hey Gator, how's it going? Fuck Lawrence. <laughs> Land. Gator, are you there? Oh, Gator. Hello, Gator. Gator? Calling Gator. Call hey you are. Oh. oh. Is everything okay over there, Gator? It, sorry, Mike, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I heard myself like I heard myself like a hundred times. There was like an echo, a reverb. Okay, yeah, cool. Um Max Headroom. Go ahead. Wait, I um I just you, you, you're really affected by some of this stuff, aren't you? I, I was going to say, just on a totally different note, um, I, I, do, I was going to ask you, do, you, do you watch the Grey Zone as a source of news or ever read anything on their site? No, is it, is it another site I need to add? The Grey Zone? Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Given everything that I've sort of known about you and heard you talk about, right, and your background as a sort of previously sympathetic to the Democrats, I definitely recommend it to you. It's um, Max Blumenthal's site, and he employs uh, Aaron Marte and a number of other decent journalists there. And the website's good. It has good primary um, research, including, you know, leaks, docs, and stuff like that into international politics and war. And I think there's the Grey Zone UK also. So there's the Grey Zone and the Grey Zone UK, right? Uh, Thegreyzone.com for the website. And then go on their YouTube channel. And the reason why I mention it is because... Every week on a, f they do like um, maybe about an hour and three quarters to two hours, where Max will will have will be talking to Aaron. They'll be reviewing, you know, a lot of the news and adding their commentary. But but particularly the last two weeks are really worth watching. I think you'll I think given everything you rant about, you'll find it valuable and cathartic as well because they've they're, they've got a decent level of. Um, analysis insight and a little bit of sardonic wit as well uh, I'll, I'll, yeah i have it up right now i'll look at it i just i just think it'll, i think it'd be I'll a good coping it. mechanism I'll... for you it'll be a good I'll... catharsis coping for you. Mechanism. this is my coping yeah. mechanism yelling it into is my, for phone me. my coping mechanism. it is for me because it's a relief right amongst all of the dog shit news that i now just yeah. simply do not read yeah, i'll yeah, scan yeah. stuff to see what the what the propaganda line is from time to time but i don't read uh, i don't consume it as news at all but um so to hear those guys sort of you know take on things is, is broadly is broadly you know um in line with with um my my sort of own personal analysis of it and it's cathartic to hear them putting it all together so i think you like it and that's what i was 
you know, I, that's what I'd recommend to you. No, it, it seems like a it seems like a really good site. It seems like a fantastic site. I'll look at it. So you were you were shocked about my my bill. You were shocked. About uh, yeah, my... I, th- I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I know that I know everything's gone up, right? But for what you had, I mean, a three course meal in a in a, a mid three course meal at a hundred dollars with one drink. Yeah, I was. I, I think that's not. I think that's um, a piss take, really. I mean, I, know... and I and I would have thought, well, okay, you can expect sixty quid ahead with a glass of wine, probably. And I and I'd say you might even be able to sneak a, a, a cocktail in the beginning as well, depending. Do you go out? Do you go out to eat? Do you go out to eat in London? Uh, not in. Not in, haven't been out for a while in London. Actually, I'm away from there at the moment. I'm kind of outside London now. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of variety in London. You can you can. There's there's good, quite a lot of you know very varying price points. And the, I mean, you know, you're saying the food the food spectrum is very good now in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been for quite a long time, really. But. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and a, a mid-level restaurant for a hundred quid for for that, I just think, yeah, well, sign of the times, isn't it? Sign of the times. It, it really is, and you can't really escape it unless you go to something like Chipotle. Do you have Chipotles in London? Yeah, you do. Right? Uh, I don't know. No, I don't think so. But you I, know, I, like I fast food Mexican. Unless you go after some fast food, you know, where it's like eight bucks. You can't yeah, chain, chain, chain. Yeah, chain. You can't. You have to. You're gonna, you're gonna, you know. Once again, you can not even. Yeah, but I mean, this is the thing. Look, I don't sound, I want to sound like a prick, but in terms of eating out, right? My attitude towards eating out is that you have to expect, if you're going to pay retail rates for eating out, right? You should expect high. Um, you know, you should expect very good service that doesn't piss you off because it's all about the service, really. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, and once you below a certain price point, it's not about the food, is it? And if you and, and so you should be quite dis- relatively discerning. And I think it's reasonable to expect to not have to put up with shit food or shit service. And there's always a way to politely return something if you if you actually do get shit service. I never tolerate um, even if I was in a pub, right, and I was paying for something off their menu. You wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily expect amazing food, but if they if they cook, uh, well, well, where was I? I was out and I had you know there was like slow cooked pork belly, mm. so you'd expect it to be you know um, like pulled pork type stuff, right? It was dry as fuck, and it was like fifteen fifteen to twenty quid. It was you know mm. it, the, it was a little bit of a gastro pub, and I, I just thought there's no way I'm eating this. I'm not paying for this. And I, I just, pol- I was really, really polite about it, and they were completely sympathetic about it. I just said, "Look, um, would you mind? Would you mind if I just asked for the chef to, to have a, to just give us his opinion on this, please?" And that's it. That's all I said. I didn't have any tantrum or anything. And she just took it away. She came back and she said, "He's, he's he just said thanks. He's really sorry about that. So would you want something else?" I didn't. Wasn't an asshole about it. There's absolutely no way I would tolerate it. And it, as the price rises, you, that uh, that becomes the case as well. But my, but ultimately, when it comes to like eating out, there's no way I'll go and waste money on a chain unless uh, for an eating out experience, unless I was literally running around and need something to eat, and this is okay. But I wouldn't consider it to be eating out because, like, do you know Fridays, TGI Fridays? Of course. Yeah, you know what their whole stick is. Every single thing that they cook is done in a microwave. Like, why on earth would you pay, right? To sit down and eat microwave food. Wait a minute! Everything Fridays cooks is done is cooked in a microwave. In in the in the UK, TGI Fridays was introduced here about twenty years ago, right? 
And because of the style of service, it was innovative in the British market. And my mate went and got a job there in the one that was near where we, we, we lived. Um, and, and, you know, it was all the, the braces, you know, the suspenders with badges and all this bullshit, wasn't it? And stupid hats and cocktail flaring, right? And so I said, well, what's the, um, what's the crack there with the food and stuff? How's it cooked? We were just talking about it because I used to work in a hotel at the time. So I was obviously, you know, aware of this stuff. And he literally said, everything we cook is in a microwave except for a steak. Even the ribs are just vacuum packed and you just rack them, whack them into a microwave. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? There's no way I would pay for, for that. And, and this is the thing, I cook well. So I would much rather go, well, if I can spend a hundred quid on three course meal, as long as I've got some company, even if you don't actually, I would much rather indulge myself at my own, in my, with my own cooking, right? And spend 50 quid, right? In, than, than, than piss it up the wall on a shit meal that I know I won't like. So. No, I understand. You know, it's, I, I was just, you know, once again, the fact of the matter is, if you really want the best food, you have to, if you can cook, you should cook yourself, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Like I did, but, but I haven't been, I'm not disappointed with the quality of the food here. I'm disappointed with the price of the food. I mean, it's like, I can't imagine, it's, it's insane. And once again, if I talk to, when I talk to people who live in normal cities, which are most, you know, and I say, oh, you know, if I go out here and I, and I have a plate of pasta, it's $25. They, they just, their heads explode. Mm. They say pasta is $25. Yeah, unless you want to add some protein in thirty. If you want to add some right, fish, it's thirty-five, wait, forty. You know. So, in but in Europe now, because of the Nord Stream explosion, uh, the, the terrorism, the U.S.-based terrorist attack on Nord Stream, plus everything else in the energy markets being come from, from you know, war plus precedent factors, in Germ in in continental Europe, right? Because of, and and in the U.K., um, bakeries are closing hand over fist in a lot of places because they simply cannot economically afford the gas price, right? I mean, any, anybody who's consuming gas to cook stuff is either got no margin, well, he's in negative margin, or they are radically escalating their prices, right, in, in order to keep going. And the, and, the, and the rate that that's happening is, you know, taking out lots of people, small places are, are, are collapsing. But if you think about the systemic effects of this, it's like COVID. If you shutter enough of the retail sector, all of that commercial property starts to default on its debts. Those defaults crawl back up through the system mm -hmm. into the banks. And you mm -hmm. are looking at the next round of massive um, commercial um, mortgage-backed security collapse, and that nearly happened in COVID, and it's right. going to happen again. If it's going to, it's going, it's basically building up now. I don't know if you know this, but there's um, there's a big there's a big investment firm. I can't remember the name now. Black Core, Blackstone, Blackstone. It's defaulted on a 550. No, there's a, there's a. It's defaulted on the payments due off the back of one of its big uh, REITs. Okay, and it's stopped withdrawals. So people are trying to get their cash out, either taking profits or, the, or they know that the sector's fucked and the, the, they won't let them liquidate their assets. So there's all these people stuck in commercial and retail uh, property. Um, and that is, a, that is a clear sign. That's a panic sign, right? a warning sign to people uh, about what's coming in, the, um, in that sector in due course, right? So mm -hmm. stay in it at your peril is my opinion. You just don't need to be in there. That's, right. and this is this is not good at all. Um, and when you are talking about, you know, 
but you, you I mean you what you've you've just said you cut your eating out habit by more than 60% is what you said isn't it because you used to do three times a week and now you go once in a while right yeah 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 How maybe maybe, maybe once or twice a month now as opposed to you know 10 times a month yeah and is that common with your mates as well are they like that as well yeah, well, there's one I know who eats out a lot. I don't know how much money he's got, but he eats out, he eats out all the time. You know, you know what? I find a lot of the people, the people I know who are young couples eat out a lot. Like younger couples eat out a lot. You know, a lot. You know, let's put it this way: a lot of younger women don't cook the way their old, the way their parents did. You know, so it's like, so they eat out more, more often, and that's part of like a lot of people here who have money, who have some bit of money anyway. That's that's basically their their what do you call it their uh not travel expenses but that's their leisure their leisure is eating out right their leisure is eating young, out. what was that mike sorry young young couples eat out a lot i think that's yeah, called yeah. the randiness the randiness of youth isn't it yeah yeah i mean or are we talking about the same thing there no what do you mean the randiness of youth? What, what do you mean the randiness of youth? sorry it's a it's a it's a crude it's a crude joke i won't explain it all right but anyway anyway <laughs> Uh, yeah, so some people do. I mean, the restaurants are doing better here now. I guess some of them, the ones who who, who were able to to uh, weather the storm. Um, but uh, it's um, look, there's another part of this here, and it's that the restaurants have to pay. And my grandfather, who owned my grandfather, uh, my Italian grandfather, not from Italy, but Italian, uh, in Brooklyn, owned in the 80s and 90s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, owned Italian restaurants in Brooklyn. And we used to talk when I talked to him about like these restaurants in San Francisco and, and Manhattan charging so much. He would say they have to because their rents are high. Mm-hmm. He was able mm-hmm. to charge a very moderate price, a very, a very fair, cheap price, in fact, because he owned his own building. That's very mm-hmm. that's the that's the distinction. Many restaurants now, when you go back and you talk about like the Italians and Irish in New York, the older generations, they were smart. They bought the buildings where their restaurants are in. And that was so smart. That was so visionary because they never had to pay rents. They never had to be at the behest of a landlord who could say, oh, starting next year, your rent's going to go up. And that's what they do here. They say, once your contract is up, once your lease is up, your rent's going up 500%. They don't mm-hmm. care. They don't care because you'll say, I can't, I can't, I can't uh, do it. And they'll say, fine, uh, the bank will move in tomorrow. Chase will pay yeah. it. Yeah. Right. So these people were smart, like my grandfather. They owned their own building. They didn't have to pay rent. And that savings was pushed down to the customer. But I would say, my God, uh, these I'd say, Frank, these these restaurants are charging thirty dollars a pound. He said because their rents are thirty thousand a month. So but, they but, have you know, to. but OK, look, in a market in a free market economy, so-called. Right. Then what is the what is the market solution to that? The customers abandon those fuckers stiff the middle well the the the, the landlords by abandoning the the underlying business and fuck the uh, landlords up and then basically re- let the heart of the city collapse until there is a, 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 a things come full circle and that collapse resets the price but it takes a cyclical period of time and a lack right. of money printing to achieve that and we're not in that state are we so but how do how do if if you're getting stiffed like this how does how it doesn't fix the problem because when the when the when the tenant leaves and the landlord chiseling landlord still wants to maintain that rent the the next business that goes in is still facing the same margin problem isn't it Mm -hmm. still paying those costs it doesn't fix the problem is you know being a short-sighted arsehole doesn't actually help right yeah 
No, it's it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. But once again, it's like I think most of these restaurants are not charging these rates. These 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 fee- once again, and all this went up because of COVID after COVID, right? Because they lost so much money during COVID, right? So they lost so much money. Some of them start to pay rent during COVID in order to stay stay there, so they can come out the other end and still have a business. And so they raise the prices. So we're all pay- we're <coughs> all paying for these horrible COVID policies, which shut us down. For years, we're, yeah. we're all paying. We're all paying for this, and so these restaurants are not. I'm not saying these restaurants are making, doing this to make these huge profits. They're doing it just to really exist and make a little bit of a profit. You know? Yeah, but there's never been margin in food. It's like <clears throat> you're lucky if you're making ten percent. It could be single digit percents in the food. Absolutely, sector. absolutely. Except for pizza, pizza's very, <sighs> very. You know, pizza. You know, a, a good pie can maybe cost two bucks, three bucks if you get the really best cheese. And you know how much. You know how much the pies are going for here? Like 30 bucks now. 30 what? Bucks. Yeah, for a pie. I mean, yeah. I know that sounds like a bit of a cock, but um, <laughs> yeah. I, Italian food is not the one I choose to eat out at because I I think, well, fuck, I'm not, eating, I'm not, buying, a, I'm not buying pasta. That's pennies yeah. to make the main carb, for the main carb. And then the amount of stuff you get on top is not that much. It's like, I, I just sort of don't perceive it as value. Although I love, I do actually love Italian food, but I just, it's always my last choice of, of, of places to go because I just have this thing in my head that the, the ingredients are far too cheap for the lit, for the, for the menu price for most of these things that I would eat in an Italian restaurant and pizza same right now, but in, in, in the UK, just by comparison, the, ironically, the best pizza I've ever had in the UK is actually in Glasgow at a place called Paisano. It's mm. absolutely bang on, 12-inch um, sourdough, thin crust, cooked near Neapolitan style within, you know, a, a minute, the correct amount of toppings, you know, tr- properly Neapolitan. And um, it, was, it was basically between 6 and 10 quid, depending upon, yeah, exactly, depending upon um, exactly what you had on it. You well, mean a slice, um, a slice of the so, whole pie? No, the whole thing. Oh, the whole thing. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was a great place. And, and that's t- that, 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 um, that pricing's uh, probably, when I, was it, Brighton, 12, the same thing, a little bit small, 12 quid to 15 quid, depending. So, well, you know, slices, it was in that range, but it here, wasn't 30. Slices here and in New York are now 4 or $5 a slice. That's just ridiculous when you think that's about what's in it. <laughs> well, it's the, my grandfather also said, if you want the best business with the most profit margin, open up a pizzeria, just sell pizza and coffee, pizza and coffee. That's it. And that yeah, will be yeah. the highest because you can charge what well, they charge five bucks now for a cup of coffee and you can charge thirty dollars for a pie of pizza. That co- So you can charge five dollars for something that costs 50 cents and 30 bucks, something that costs two dollars to make. And that's a huge, huge profit margin. When you start well, you know, selling large man numbers, but on, on so YouTube YouTube University is a great thing, right? And I spend a lot of time learning certain things that I'm in, interested in uh, from it, including looking at you know um, how to make cheese and cooking uh, certain things, right? And um, it's incredible. It's so easy to make your own mozzarella or. Um, What's the other one? Uh, the one that's got the soft center. I can't remember now. The name escapes me. Well, what, what, the, the soft center watch, Stromboli? It's, no, it's like, well, yeah, it's a little bit like that. It's the one that's like a mozzarella, but it's soft inside. A oh, 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 uh, burrata? 
Burrata? Yeah, burrata, that's it, yeah. 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 It's yeah, so yeah. easy to make that stuff. When you watch it on YouTube, you say, Jesus, right? So you can, and it's so easy to make sourdough pizza bases and they even spin them out and everything. And um, you could just, you could, you know, you could just start your own pop-up home restaurant and just get a delivery driver to um, fling it out. There's loads of that, isn't there? If you look around there, loads of people have been starting to do that in America to make money from the house. And then they're basically getting shit from the state who's coming around going and checking out whether they've uh, washed their hands or wiped and when after they wipe their asses and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, that was the big thing during COVID. They were making a lot of money because everyone was ordering in. Yeah. Everyone was, everyone, everyone was ordering was ordering in. You know, so they were making tons of money. They were making great tips. They were doing those are the people that did the best. I think pizzerias and delivery drivers, like pizzerias, fast food delivery drivers, they were Uber, Lyft, uh, Uber Eats, and all that stuff. They were making a lot of money during COVID. But that was it. It was, it was a small well, percentage. But, but look, we, we, okay, we are get, we are getting we we know what's coming now, right? We know what it looks like, and we know it's coming again because the World Health Organization is just about to put the final touches to securing all the. Um, medical pandemic power planning, uh, yeah. execution planning, right? And then, I swear to God, as, as ridiculous as this sounds, we've already been told how this is going to run. Okay. Have you, I mean, Bill Gates has declared essentially what is going to happen next, which is either, have you seen this video uh, when he did, he did an interview with Jeremy Hunt, the uh, British, uh, well, he's now the fucking chancellor, isn't he? But um, mm -hmm. uh, he's he is an absolute cunt of a man, right? Um, and uh, he, he actually interviewed his sycoph sycophantically interviewed Gates because they are linked that he's a servant of Gates, right? Have you seen the interview? I have not. I'll send it, I'll send it to you, right? Yeah, this please. is what, at the back end of the interview, Hunt is talking about all sorts of bullshit. And then at the end of the interview, last seven or eight minutes, he asks Gates about pandemics in the future. And this is what he says. I'm not joking. This is true, Right. He basically says, well, one of the things that we're going is going to happen is that we're going to get bio warfare, bio terrorism attacks. And then and, 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 um, and, and an example of that would be weaponized smallpox. And then he says, so, you know, one of the scenarios is that somebody is going to go and release smallpox through several airports around the world. And we need to be prepared for that. I'm not joking. That's what he says. Now, do you recognize where that story came from? Uh, no, that's it's, from a it's from a Terry Gilliam film called uh, with Bruce Willis in it called 12 Monkeys. 12 Monkeys, a long time ago. And, Correct. And, and that's and Brad that's Pitt, what Brad Pitt yeah, Bill Gates literally stole the plot of 12 Monkeys and told us that that's one of the things that's going to happen in the future. Right. And he specific, specified weaponized smallpox, <clears throat> which, funnily enough, is being made in labs in Ukraine and all over the world, including continental USA. Right. And always has been. Right. And now and now when he was as 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 unfortunately, the mainstream media has had to track reality and now has not had to acknowledge that COVID was made in a lab. Gates has just this week or last week been questioned about that, the lab leak origin. And he has now said, yeah, well, some of the pandemics are going to be non-natural, right? So, you know, this is how corrupt this whole thing is. And people still don't, don't, people still want to put their heads in the sand, right? Yeah. So within the next five years, you're going to look at, you're going to be seeing a high IFR, very contained outbreak of something like weaponized smallpox. Mm -hmm. in a location 
this is my prediction, and I swear I'm sure this will happen, in a location that basically induces a panic-driving story that's all over the place, but actually, because they get on to things really harshly, they manage to, quote-unquote, lock it down, right, because of what we've learned this time around. So the smallpox doesn't really do what smallpox can do, which is spread like wildfire really, really, really badly and kill people. And then once they've contained that, then they will say, but we need to be cautionary and then do all the World Health Organization stuff, even though there's actually no more smallpox knocking about, and then they'll do it again and again. That's the game that has been declared by Bill Gates. It's fucking insane. It is. Well, he's an insane person. He's an insane lunatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he is yeah. megalomaniacal, and, oh, yeah. and people just put up with it. It's insane. Yeah, well, have you... yeah, the left wing, all of a sudden, they love billionaires like him. They think he's he, – they, they love him, but they now they hate, uh, they hate Elon Musk, who they just loved because of the electric cars and the clean energy. They loved him. Now they hate him. They don't know which way is up, which way is down, these people. They really don't. Yeah, really... yeah. And, uh, to revisit um, the, the Musk thing, because remember when the Twitter files came out and I said, I'm suspicious of this guy. I mean, I, I'm still suspicious of the guy, but – he has done more of the right things so far because he's pulled out Starlink from uh, Ukraine, hasn't he? Which means that he's not using his tech to support so much of the the war in that respect, which I, as long as that's true, I think that's the right thing to do. But also, as he's dealt with the Twitter files and he's actually been d- doing something that he's been dealing with that in a seemingly fair way, right? And I, and I so far respect what he's done with that. But but notice what the what the state is doing to Elon Musk. You they mean are now the, weapon- was it the SEC now? Yeah, that's right. The FTC yeah. are going up FTC. against him. The NTSB are picking up yeah. are picking up more on yeah. on on Tesla. And uh, what's the other one? Um, there's another agency. I can't remember which one it is now. Um, is it space related? I, I cannot remember. SpaceX. But SpaceX. No, there's one other agency that they're now oh, ramping up region. to block. It's, oh, Neuralink. It's, it's, FDA yeah. and Neuralink. Yeah. So they're blocking his trials on Neuralink. I mean, personally, I'm not too bothered about Neuralink. I think this, it's a bit hooky anyway. But yeah, well, this, they, this, they, well, I'll talk about, I was going to talk about the Musk thing tomorrow because I do want to get to a couple of the stories here in a second. But, yeah, yeah, but, but the Musk story is important because this is once again the Democrats in the Biden administration who told us all those years while Trump was running for office and president that he was going to he was going to use his office. He was going to use his office to muscle people and he was going to use his office for personal vendettas against people. And he did none of the he did none of that. Not not once. And we've seen the Biden administration do it about six or seven times in the first two years. And then they're doing it again with Elon Musk. They're having the government agency is is is, is sicking him, is going after him simply for revealing the corruption and the and the and the uh, the constitutional um, uh, the anti-constitutional um, uh, things that the, the government did to silence people when it came to COVID, when it silenced people when it came to the Hunter Biden story, to silence the narrative that they didn't want out there, to not just simply hold water, carry water for the Democratic Party, everything that Elon Musk has revealed. Once again, they are afraid of they are afraid of the people seeing the entire story. So they absolutely despise Musk for buying Twitter, for having the money and the wherewithal and the balls to buy Twitter and then expose all their bullshit, just like they're mad at Tucker Carlson for exposing all their bullshit when it comes to January 6th. So they're going after him simply for showing the American people what the government was doing to them, the way the government was censoring at least half the voices, probably more than half the voices 
when it came to the Hunter Biden story or, or, or the origins of COVID or the lockdowns or masking or vaccines or whatever it may have done, you know, so and the constitutional violations of the left and the Democrats. And so they're going after him. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about that. Uh, I'll talk more about that tomorrow. But, yeah, look, Lance, there are uh, good uh, poor people and bad poor people. And there are good billionaires and there are bad billionaires. Someone's not just simply good because they're poor and bad because they're rich. That is so stupid. That is such simple-minded drivel, you know. But you look at Gates. Look, look at Gates and Musk, as we're talking about. One is, I think, a decent person, okay, who wants to really, really make social media uh, a platform for free speech. And one is an evil, evil, vile individual who, uh, in any other... Uh, Walk, in any other walk of life would be considered a total sociopath. But because he has money and connections, he's able to push these very evil things on everyone else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, Sorry. well, I, people people throw around the word evil. Okay, look, I, I, here's a crazy thing. Did I tell you this theory that somebody on who uses call-in came up with about Trump and the vaccines? No, go ahead. Okay, this oh, yeah, is yeah. Not... You said that he did it. It was a weird thing where he did it because he wants he to prove this... the vaccines were bad. And I yeah. don't know, some weird thing. He, and he, yeah, he, he, she believes that Trump had the full-on intent um, to deploy, develop and deploy a vaccine which would damage, in, in, unassailably damage enough people to demonstrate that basically all vaccines should never be trusted again. That's what she thinks he was doing that. I was, I was just like, listen to this going, this is, this is never mind QAnon. This is insane. Right. But anyway, so when is, um, when is he going to stop pushing? It as the greatest thing he ever invented. When is he going to stop doing that? <laughs> At some point. He's well, stop. yeah. The, yeah. It, what's going to be interesting now is as he comes in for the run in 2024, let's, let's assume I'd, I'd say narratively, he's got more than a 40% chance of getting in, I reckon. Right. Uh, and he's he's doing exactly the right populist noises to secure a lot of populist votes with his campaigning at this point, right? He um, is going to be, if he gets in, he's going to be entering at a time when basically there'll be probably about 15 major cases open in the courts about right. all of these things that you and I recognize about the flaws in the vaxxers and COVID and all the fallout. Right. And it will, the shit will come back on him because people will then, the, the media will attack him, not on Russiagate, not on any other made up shit. They will actually be going, right, Donald, we're well, going to put Operation Warp Speed at your feet well, because that started on your watch. My, he, that's going to be one of the very difficult things he's going to have to deal with. My feeling is politically, though, within, in the primary, Ron DeSantis can use the vaccine thing against him because Ron DeSantis has more backing. You know, Ron DeSantis has more standing on that matter than Trump does, uh, even though, as we've talked about many times, Ron DeSantis didn't come out against the vaccine like we did. Or RFK Jr., who has the most standing on this issue. But if Trump but in the primary, the media is not going to go after Trump in the primary. The media is going to go after DeSantis because they want Trump to be the nominee because they feel he's the weaker nominee. They know DeSantis is the they know DeSantis is the stronger nominee. So they're going to go after him. That's what you'll see. During the primary season, you'll see the media going after Ron DeSantis to try to discredit him and destroy him so Trump can become the nominee because they believe they'll easily beat Trump and they won't beat DeSantis. That's what you're going to see happen. The media is going to give Trump almost a pass in the primary. If he were to win the primary, then, of course, it's full on press against Trump. 
but they want him to be the nominee, not DeSantis. Gail, let me let you go. go yeah, I'll, I'll go. There's, apparently, no, go though, this, just one thing. Apparently, DeSantis cannot cannot declare a run at the moment because as soon as he does, he has to give up the office of governor whilst he's whilst he's running for another position. And in, and to do that now would mean that there's a lady I can't remember her name because I'm not too close to this. Who will automatically take the governorship, and Where'd until that system, until that situation is managed, he oh. can't make a run. Well, he can't declare sure, a run. Uh, are you sure about this? Yeah, he's doing a book tour. He's launching a book tour now, which is uh -huh. exactly the Obama approach: launch your autobiography before you, before anybody gives a shit about you, right? And then, and then, and then do you, and then announce you run. I didn't hear about this Obama anywhere, approach. though. I, I'll send you a link. Article. I'll send you. Yeah, a link. I can't find any. I can't find any article. Where DeSantis has to can't be governor. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I just I just I just came across it yesterday. So I'll, well, where I'll is send it? it. Wait a minute. I don't know. Is it a Florida thing? Uh, yeah, it's 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 it, well, it definitely applies to him according to this article. So um, uh, send send to me because I'd never heard of that before. Yeah, I've never okay, heard of cool. that before. Okay, Gator, thanks okay. for the call. Take it easy, man. I appreciate it. Okay, all right. A couple of more. I wanted to get to these things quick, and then we'll get to Lance. Um, anyone else who wants to uh, call in, Lance and uh, Daniel. This is before I get to my. By my next story about about Eric Adams about Shaft Adams. I run a, this is a musical interlude. Lance and Daniel sitting in a tree. K I S S I N G. First comes love. Remember that song when we were in school? I'm noticing that. I'm noticing like this epileptic thing going on at the bottom with with the with the chat room. Ep epileptic epileptic fits going on. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Daniel doesn't agree with that song. All right. But here's a here's a better here's a better musical interlude as we go into our Mayor Eric Shaft Adams update. Who's that man? Daniel, who's that man? You always tell me who that man is. Daniel will write it in the chat who that man is. Okay, this is Eric Adams. He's telling stores. Shaft, shaft, shaft. Okay, Eric Adams is telling stores to have customers. Yes, bad motherfucker. Eric Adams is telling stores to have. All right, he wants people, he wants store owners. Once again, just as with the mask mandates. They want to put the onus now on store owners to tell people, take that mask off. So once again, the state, the city, is unfairly putting the store owners in the line of fire, right, to enforce a mask, no mask mandate. This is how insane these people are. And then once again, they don't see the irony. So they had to enforce the mask mandate. Remember those signs they had in stores? Please have your face mask on before entering. And if you came in with that, they say, put the mask on. Now they have to yell, put the take the mask off. Okay, so worries about safety of New York City's deli clerks and bodega workers have Mayor Eric Adams making an unusual request. Members of the public should lower their face masks to reassure store workers they're not criminals, Adams and other city leaders said on Monday. We're putting out a clear call to all of our shops. Do not allow people to enter the store without taking off their face mask. Adam said in an interview with radio station 1010 Winds, you give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the world. Do, 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 do. Once inside, they can continue to wear it if they desire to do so, Adam said of the policy. The guidance quickly caused a stir in New York City 
with a terrible toll from the early COVID-19 pandemic. Wait a minute, this is idiotic. Once inside, they can continue. So, so are they supposed to, wait a minute. So Eric Adams wants them to, so when you're going in a store, if you want to wear a mask because you're paranoid, not because you want to rob a store, uh, and you have hypochondria and all those other things that the state has made worse, you, you, you pull it down and do you take a photo for the camera? Do you look, just look directly at the camera and smile? What is the point of just taking it down and then a store owner can see your face, but the cameras aren't going to see your face, and then you put it back on? Those cameras aren't like, aren't like Fox News cameras. A lot of them are very grainy. So they're going to pull the mask down so the store owner can see it. What good is that? Then they put it back on and they rob the guy. What? what, what? <clears throat> Once they're inside, they continue to wear it. The guidance quickly caused a stir in New York City where the terrible toll from the early COVID-19 pandemic prompted a mask mandate. At many stores, doors and windows have been plastered with remaining. As a town famous for no-nonsense culture, questions immediately popped up about the wisdom of putting another onus uh, on store workers, duh, and whether armed criminals would follow new rules about masks. That's another good point. Yes, if I'm going into to, uh, <laughs> to rob the store, I'm going to gladly put my mask down for two seconds before I rob it. Insane. Some people also wondered if this guy was a former cop shaft. Some people also wondered if forcing those with compromised immune systems to move their masks indoors might itself break the law. Criminals fear the police, not the pandemic. The mayor and police. So anyway, we know how crime spike. The rest of the story is about crime spiking, crime through the roof, as we know it is in New York City and other cities run by Democrats. And this idiotic thing now of <laughs> which makes no. Once again, the Democrats, everything they do, everything they want to do has no common sense or as we say on this show, uncommon sense attached to it, nothing. It all can be torn down in five seconds, if you think about it. And this is everything they've done from this, going back to vaccine mandates, going back to vaccines, going back to everything. If you, everything they have, every, every law or mandate or edict they come up with or idea has so many holes, you could drive a Hummer through them. If you would think about them for like three and a half seconds, so what they're hoping, and they're right in many regards, especially with their voters, is people don't think about it. They go, oh, that's a good idea. Not even thinking about, like, anything about it. Anything. Whether it makes sense or not, whether it can happen, whether you can apply it. Can, is it legal? Is it ethical? Is it moral? Is it, is it, does it have any common sense? Can it be done? They don't care. They just come up with this crap. They pull it out of their asses. I've been telling people for three years, criminals... The state started this. The state allowed this to happen. The government allowed this to happen with mass mandates. They gave criminals this great idea of now it's only not only legal, but expected to wear masks. No one's going to look at us weird. No one's going to go for the button in a, in a bank to push it when we come in now with masks on. No, no store owner, but they're going to go for their bat or their gun or their mace when we come in now with our masks on the way they used to. Because the state made abnormal normal. You see, Eric Adams and his cronies in the Democratic Party made abnormal normal. And this is what you get. When you make abnormal normal, you get abnormal, you fucking idiots. Fucking moron. That's a great theme song.
too bad I'm using it for such a vile person with the polished head. You got one guy on the West Coast who uses a, 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 a carton of, of hair gel, a canister of hair gel a day, and the other one who polishes his head before he goes out. I, can we find normal people, just normal people, to run things? There's a lot more to talk about. One more thing, then I'll get to, to, to any callers in Lance. But I guess I should give – I have to be a little fair, and I'll give the Democrats, since we just talked about a Democrat who's a moron. The Senate did vote to block the D.C. crime laws, and Biden is supportive of it. Let me just read this very quick story for people who don't know what's already happening. Actually, it's not quick, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, the Senate voted today, Wednesday, to block yesterday, whatever, to block new District of Columbia crime laws and overrule the city government. As lawmakers in both parties have expressed concern about rising violent crime rates in cities, I, I would I would put, you know, they don't want to do that. SF Gate, San Francisco news outlet doesn't want to put blue cities, doesn't want to put they put in cities in the cities, Omaha, Lincoln, Lincoln, Nebraska. Anyone? No. Montgomery, Alabama, no? No. Tampa, Florida. No, Miami? No. Blue cities. Democrat-run cities. Maybe one Republican-run city here and there. Maybe one Maybe one Republican city here and there is getting higher crime. Maybe one Democrat-run city here and there is lowering crime. But for the most part, it's Democrat-run cities where crime is going up. President Joe Biden said last week that he will sign the Republican resolution, which passed the Senate 8114 after passing the House last month. It marks the first time in more than three decades that Congress has nullified the capital city's laws through a disapproval process and a shift in a long-held Democratic position that the federal government should let D.C. govern itself. But it, it really shouldn't. Biden, who is set to announce a re-election campaign in the coming months, has been under increasing pressure on the issue from Republicans who have made reducing crime a political priority. In D.C., homicides in the city had risen for four years straight, for four years straight. And the murder count of 20, 227, 20, 227 is the highest in two decades. We are the greatest superpower nation in history, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell said. Or he said it more like this. We're the greatest superpower. This is our capital city, but local politicians have let its streets become a danger and embarrassment. Eleanor Holmes Norton, the district's non-voting delegate in the House, pushed back on the effort, calling it a hands-off D.C. rally. We were, so she had, she had a rally where she basically said D.C. has the right to make crime legal if they want. How can you interfere D.C. is sovereign, and if we want to make crime legal, we can make crime legal. That's what she said, Norton. Norton! Norton! What did he do to Norton Cram that he'd hit him in the back? I want to hit him right in the back while she's writing, make the pen go flying. To overturn a local democratically enacted law is bullshit. D.C. is not a state. The Constitution says it's not a state. It's not a state. District, it's not. It's run by D.C. It's run by the, the government has every right. They have every legal right. The federal government has every legal right to do this whether Norton likes it or not. Um, do away with mandatory. Yeah, this, this is what they wanted. The overhaul of D.C.'s criminal code was approved late last year by the city council. After years of failed attempts, it would redefine crimes, change criminal justice policies, and rework how sentences should be handed down. It would also do away with mandatory minimum sentences for many crimes and reduce the maximum penalties for, let me say, so they want to reduce maximum penalties. Do you think it's for like a kid selling candy and is grabbing candy? You think maybe someone's buying – you think someone might be uh, um, selling cigarettes on the street? No. They want to 
They want to reduce maximum penalties for burglary, carjacking, and robbery. How insane are these people? Burglary, carjacking, and robbery. Where the guy puts a gun to your head and says, get out of your fucking car. I'm going to steal your $30,000 car. (laughs) Incredible. Mayor Muriel Bowser vetoed the overhaul in January, writing a letter that she had very significant concerns about some of the bills. There's There's one normal person. Muriel Bowser, she later suggested change after the council overrode her veto. They overrode her veto. They loved this bill so much. Senate Democrats supporting the measure have cited Bowser's veto, arguing that it needs another look. So this is incredible. It's incredible. What has to happen here? What has to happen here? The fight you have to have simply to put criminals in jail, simply to prosecute crime, simply to make it livable, simply to make it civilized. Democrats don't want civilization. They want crime to be legal. They want people to be able to, like, fucking abort. Is that civilization, really? Is that civilization? Crime's legal. Criminals get out the next day. They get a slap on the wrist to commit more and more crimes over and over again to kill more people. Women can open their legs. Men don't have to wear condoms. Women don't have to take the... You can take the fucking... Gavin Newsom loves pills. They can take the birth control pill. This is not civilization. It's not civilization. Where we at the... We are the prey for the predators. We are the prey for the savages who want to take our lives and steal our hard-earned money and kill children with fentanyl or through abortion. This is not civilization. We need a readjustment. Lance, I'll get to you in one second. We need a readjustment. I was talking to a friend of mine who's more liberal than me just early tonight. I went out to eat with him. That's the person who I spent $100 to dinner. And I said, look, sometimes we need a readjustment. Sometimes liberalism, we need maybe more liberal. Maybe we've gone too far one way. But right now we're at a, we're at a, a point in time. We need a readjustment. Think of us like a, a, a chiropractor to work on this country to readjust us. We have gone so far to the wacko left that we need a major readjustment, and that means hang them high stuff. That means extreme conservatism, libertarianism, whatever you want to call it. We need a national readjustment now. Things have gone too far to the left, too crazy, too over the top. And this point in time we're in right now, 2023, we need a, a, we need a, a national readjustment, and it has to be to the right. All right, I'm going to wrap the show up, but I did promise Lance. Anyone wants to call in, go ahead. I, I don't need sleep. Um, Lance, I did promise Lance. Uh, Lance, calm down. Lance, uh, should I go to, well, I'm going to go to Brady, then Lance, because Lance, you're getting the final word, Lance. I'm going to give you the final word so no one can say anything that makes you angry after you talk. All right, I'm going to give you the final word. So let me just go to Brady. Brady, invite to speak. Okay, Brady, come on up. Brady. Wait a minute. Brady, there? Go ahead. Go ahead. Mike, check. What's up, Mike? Sure. And let's be heard. The show, man. (laughs) Uh, I want to hear you, Brady. I want to hear Brady. And let's hear Brady. uh, I did a, a show the other day that was called Fear of Words. And it was all about verbophobia. <laughs> you know, people are, have reached the point now where I guess, yeah, that's a, a, it's a literal fear of words. It's where words scare people. 
And I mean, wow. I guess we're all guilty of it to some extent, right? I mean, there's some speech that some of us are afraid of from time to time, whether we're afraid of talking to our wife when we get home or whatever it is. Uh, there's a number of reasons someone can be afraid of words. I think it's because we've been out of battle for too long. <laughs> I think yeah. it's because people have been yeah. too far away from war for too long, maybe. And now we've reached the point where people have become afraid of words themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Lawrence is a perfect example of that. Lawrence leg bracer is afraid of his own voice. I think he's gotten a voice that's so embarrassing he's wait a minute wait a minute brady brady resorting to only using the chat um so i'm really looking forward to seeing what lawrence's words like lake bracer down there some people some people brady brady some people are shy when it comes to talking that's all i mean they are right right well that means words what? Brady, Being you're, shy you're, you're like breaking up. is uh, Brady, you're, you're, you're like breaking up. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, shyness is a fear of anything unknown, you know, anything strange or yeah. novel. A neophobia right. could be described yeah. as shyness. Uh, right. But yeah, Lawrence in particular is afraid of his own voice since he doesn't ever call in. He just kind of right, swats right. people from the chat. Yeah. So I hypothesize that he's got a really weird voice, <laughs> like a, like a small emasculated one. Do you know, the, but, uh, let's, can we be, do you know what Brady Cardia is? Isn't that a regular heartbeat? Hello, your heartbeat, Brady Cardia. I'm not, not familiar. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't think it's named after you. It might be named after Tom Brady. Brady Cardia is a regular heartbeat. To put another word in there, but Brady, let's not let's let's type after, after people, people, people listening to the show. Oh, I was, I was just I was just making Lance feel better. <laughs> I see that that guy spent like the whole afternoon trying to harass Lance, and then as soon as I came in the room, he actually asked me for help harassing Lance. And so, surprise, brother fucker. <laughs> like, well, no one wants to help. Well, you know, people are, it's, it's, it's very exciting down there in the chat. I'm not, I can't read any of it. It's too small. I, you know, I'm losing my eyesight as I get older. You know, it's like, I can't read that chat. It's so, it's so freaking tiny yeah. that I, I, you know, I need, I need, you know what I need? I uh-huh. need the, the well, you're not, you're not, Lee, I missed I your show Chucky. tonight, man. I came in last minute. Yeah, I need the Chucky Schumer bifocals. Uh-huh. If I buy the Chucky Schumer bifocals, I can read the chat. Uh-huh. Maybe that's what I should do. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I haven't used bifocals, but it sounds like a cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, Schumer loves so, wearing them. It's his style. Cool, that's his, that's his like cool nerd <laughs> technology. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Once Brady? you get to a certain age, you gotta bust out the bifocals. Unfortunately, you know what? I would like some. <laughs> That would be cool, some binocular bifocals. But uh, I'm just goofing off now. I'll talk to Lance so you can wrap up. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks, Brady. I appreciate it. Um, Yes, okay. All right. Uh, Here he is. Here he is. Everyone's been waiting for the man, the myth, the legend, Lance. Hey, Mike. Do you think I'm a... A lonely, isolated, incel, sex pest who sexually harasses women. Lance, what is going on down there in the chat? It's like... 
What's going, what's going on down there? I don't know. <laughs> like I said, I need, I need Chucky Schumer's bifocal to read that print down there. But what's going on? What's happening? Are you, are you, is everyone, are you giving everyone Ajita or are they giving you Ajita? No, I'm good to go, dude. Are you kidding me? I'm, co- <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you were going to get the last word. So what do you want to say? Dude, I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. I know you're a New Yorker. But you're a West Coaster, so you don't, maybe you don't get it. I'm not a West Coaster. I'm not a West Coaster. Do I sound like I'm from the West Coast? Do I oh, I forgot. Coast? You're from Brooklyn, right? Or do Queens I, do or I something? Do I sound like Gavin Newsom? Do I sound like, when Gavin Newsom talks, does he talk like this? No, he doesn't talk like this. Ah, man, you know. I like playing around with these junior high school pea shooters from the peanut gallery. What did you want to say? Was there something you wanted to say specifically that's, uh, what can I say? What, what's the word I'm looking for? Of substance? Relevant? Something, yeah, relevance and substance. Substance and relevance. You know, <laughs> all right, so this is something that we should uh, have started the conversation with instead of ending it, right? Uh, but yeah. there's no such thing as a benevolent billionaire. They don't exist. And you know what else? There's no such thing. Wait a minute. There's no such thing as, even if you just happen to be born, right? In other words, the fuck you pick your parents, right? If you're born to like the most abject, poverty-stricken, whatever, or a billionaire. Yes. Even if you're born to a billionaire, all right, you're not benevolent. No. There's no such thing as a benevolent billionaire. All billionaires are sociopathic, greedy, evil people. Ultimately, or in other words, even if they're not trying to be, in other words, you can opt out of the evilness. In other words, you're not born with it. It's not in your DNA, but you either opt, wait a minute, you either opt out if you're born to it, or if you achieve it, you know, uh, you can't do it without being, wait a minute, you cannot become a billionaire without being. Ruthless, greedy, sociopathic, willing to crush your friends and everything that in your path. I don't know if that's true. I don't. I, I just don't know that. Why is that true? Yeah, but, what? But the, wait, wait, Mike. But, but Mike, this is what I mean what when I say you, we, you need to start. You need to start a room. Yeah. With that premise. Now. Now you know why? Because it's hard to prove. I'm not just saying it like, oh, what the fuck, you? Yeah, yeah, sure, Lance. I'm not just pulling stuff that. You know, okay, so we're both pretty smart dudes. Okay, I'm not just taking random stuff that, but then I came to a conclusion. I can prove it with receipts. But here's the thing, Mike, I would love. Now, I got, now this is going to sound stupid. I'm going to go off on a tangent. You don't need call in. I do, in a way, I need, so I I need a gig, whether it's call in or something else. You probably don't. I don't have no idea what your, you know, income is, right? But I would love to debate you. You know, like in an hour-long debate, wait with like we each have. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You make you just made no sense. I don't make any money on calling. No, no, no. I no, no, no. I don't mean that. What I mean is, you probably don't need calling. I need something, whether it's calling or something else, right? You probably have an income. You mean, just to, you mean just to fill your life with something? Is that what you mean? No, no. I need to fill my pockets with money. But what is how, my how life is? That? But how are you doing that with calling? I don't understand. I'm not. But calling is a way to connect with a lot of different platforms simultaneously, even though in and of itself, it's a shitty app. I get that. What I'm saying is forget about that. David Sachs isn't listening. I hope millionaire David Sachs isn't listening. No, but what I'm saying is 
you know, on this idea that there is no such thing as a benevolent billionaire, how can we talk about this now? It's the end of your show, right? But I can prove it, not prove it, but I can give you like really a strong. No, well, that's, that's your opinion. Your opinion is money is evil. No. Well, yes. Wait, 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 Mike, 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 Mike. This is what I'm saying. Yes, it's my opinion. Right. But I think that it's not my opinion because I just took like a bunch of like dots out there in the universe and put them together in some like unique thing that Lance came up with. No, I will quote a lot of people that will tell you the same thing and why. In other words, what I'm saying is that I'm talking about people that don't hate billionaires, people that say that billionaires are no better or worse than anyone else. But because you're a billionaire in and of itself, you have to. Be, you have to think a certain way and act a certain way to get there or to stay there in a way that is hard to understand unless you go and peel some layers off the onion. And we can't do this at the end of a night. Wait a minute. But Lance, one thing, one thing. I have to end this show soon, but I ask you one thing. So two things. Let's say I hit the lotto tomorrow and I became a billionaire. Does that make me evil? No, but have you ever looked at the stories? Have you ever looked at the stories story? of every single person that won bazillions of dollars? There's more stories about how fucked up their lives got than how wonderful their lives became. Right, but that, Am I wrong? It doesn't make them evil. It doesn't make them evil. I'm not saying that. No, I'm not talking about billionaires being evil. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that billionaires and the sons of billionaires are no better or worse at birth or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, in other words, I'm not trying to vilify. I'm trying to say that, in other words, what I'm saying is that people that have been around billionaires, what they'll tell you is, and this is just, it's just impossible psychologically to avoid. And it's this, if you're a billionaire, even if you got there, like, to, for the most part, by doing the right thing or, but yeah. you can't, first of all, to be a billionaire billionaire, you can be really, really rich, but the people around you, because you are, have a, let's say you did get there because, or, or to the, for the most part, because you did a wonderful thing. The people that are around you, they can't help but become psychophantic. They can't, even though they don't want to. They're your friend. They're tough love. They're, they, they knew you when you started. But in, in other words, it's not like they become greedy. It's just hard. And the billionaires, this is what someone said who analyzed this stuff, said, the billionaire can never know for sure whether the people around them love them because of their ideas and the things that made them great to begin with, or whether it's because they're a billionaire. In other words, it's something that, and, and I'll just let me throw one, one thing more just briefly up until the year 2000, if you look at every super stupid ass sitcom or, or movie or whatever, billionaires were always perceived as because there were always were out of touch and different from us. And the sons and daughters of billionaires, there's stories about this. There's one called the young Philadelphia. If you decide, for instance, uh, give me, give me, give me 90 seconds. Okay. Give me 90 seconds. Go ahead. Glance. Okay. Now, if you're the son of a billionaire, right? Let me use that. Let me use that example. You don't choose your parents. You were born to be, you, you happen to be born into billionaire wealth. What if you just happened to go to an elite private school and, and you read some really interesting stuff and said, you know what? I'm a communist socialist and I reject all this thing. And you know, I'm glad I'm rich, but you know, you're not going to last very long in that family. You know what they'll do to you? They'll say, okay, goodbye. Yeah. Okay. You're going to go and we're going to provide your rent. 
we're going to, we're going to take care of you because you're, you know, you're our kin. Okay. You're going to get your rent and utilities and, and, and basic food stuff, but forget about that trust fund for, you're not going to be an heir to the bazillionaire. You have to sell out. Ask Donald Trump that. Ask, ask why he wound up where he did when his brother killed himself because he didn't play the game that the rest of the Trump family played. Yes. Donald Trump's brother killed himself because he was an airline pilot and a do-gooder, and they said, no, you're going to be a ruthless, sociopathic, you know, a, a, a super achiever. That's why Trump got where he got and his brother killed himself. No, there's no such thing as a benevolent billionaire or the sons and daughters of billionaire because – if you want to maintain that and, 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 and carry on that wealth that the family's giving you, you have to buy into the philosophy. And if you don't, you're going to be rejected from the family. Yes. Thank you, Lance. Lance, I'm going to let you, yes, I'm going to let you go because I'm going to wrap the show up. And Gator, Gator, thank you, Lance. As always, I appreciate it. Gator wrote something about two, two hour and 15 minute cutoff on the calendar. I don't think there is. A, no, we made it past. We made it past. I said I was going to give Lance the last word. I lied because something just came up. On my newsfeed tomorrow, listen to this. I promised I wouldn't mention him again, but I have to before the show ends. But we'll see. We'll see what this is tomorrow. Frightening shit, man. This is frightening shit. Governor Newsom, Governor Governor Newsom, Governor Newsom, Attorney General Bonta, and state leaders to make a major announcement tomorrow. A major announcement. Governor Gavin Newsom will join a virtual press conference tomorrow with Attorney General Rob Bonta and state leaders to make a major announcement. The press conference will be streamed live on the homepage of the California Department of Justice's website. Ooh, it can only be bad news. It can only, if it's coming from Gavin Newsom and his, and his cronies, it can only be hold your breath. Let's, do, let's take a guess. They're letting everyone out of prison. Everyone is being released from prison as of tomorrow. Let's see, that, that's my guess. I could be wrong. But it won't be good. Whatever it is, it's not going to be good. But we'll talk about it on this show tomorrow. My God, what a show we had. What a show. Put the check in the mail. I expect the checks to be in the mail. I want to be a billionaire by the morning so Lance can hate me and say I'm evil. <laughs> All right. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank everyone who called. There were a lot of calls. I mean, Lance, who else called? And then Daniel called and Gator called and and uh, then Brady called in. And thanks, for everyone, for listening. The name of the show is Unless Be Heard, and it airs. Weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Not to confuse things, but I will. 7 a.m. if you're in London. Um, And that means I'll see you right back here tomorrow night. Another fun-filled show. But until then, once again, this is Mike Chopley reminding you that your influence counts.